Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. And Garth Brooks dominates the front of all of the red tops this morning. Rooms in high pr- pl- rooms in high prices is one of the headlines because that's what always happens when there's a big gig, a big event, a big concert, or a big match. Hotel prices go loop the loop. It happens in Dublin. It also happens down here in Cork. It's capitalism, I suppose. Supply and demand. It's whatever the market will pay. But they're talking about uh, hotel prices going up by up to. 200% uh, for his uh, Dublin gigs next September. In fact, when he plays his first show on September the 9th, that's when you see all of the rooms double in price, so it's not coincidental. But he just absolutely loves Ireland. Not everybody gets um, gets it, actually. Like, The Independent this morning has a colour piece online saying, why do so many Irish people go crazy for Garth Brooks? I suppose a lot of it has to do with there's a completely different country outside of Dublin City. And maybe they don't always get that. And they also perhaps don't get the absolute love around the entire island of Ireland for country music and country rock and country pop and love songs. And they just love the guy. They make him, he makes him feel good and happy at the gigs and listening to his music. So, um, I don't know, is he a bit of a cowboy? I don't know, is that Flagard Brooks a bit of a cowboy? Um, It was like death in the family, he said, when the 2014 gigs were cancelled. It hurt, hurt, hurt. He says he doesn't hold a grudge against anybody. He says Coke Park is his idea of heaven. Mother of God, don't ever come to Cork if you think Dublin is heaven. He'd have an absolute heart attack with the beauty and the people down here. If you talk about excited in Dublin, imagine how you feel he came to Cork. He went down to Parky Cueve. He says, I'd love to do five gigs, but he said, I'd also love to be six foot five and have abs. <laughs> so it's in all the papers today. Brooke, who's back in town. Uh, and of course, uh, tickets go on sale on Thursday. Good luck with that. Meanwhile, of course, the rest of it has to do with, well, not the rest of it, but oh, COVID and coronavirus dominates many of the front pages today. Because there's a lot of research out now that's saying, and the number is 57% of people surveyed have said they've decided to reduce the number of people they plan to meet between now and Christmas. And over 45% said they've cancelled many plans. 45%, the examiner said, have cancelled plans, you know, to engage in the fight against COVID and I suppose to keep themselves and their loved ones, uh, you know, negative, I guess. So fears of another lockdown is the main reason why people are curbing their enthusiasm, I suppose, and the change in public behaviour. We don't know whether that'll be enough or not. Uh, toning it down is the story that makes this morning star, and that's Mary Lou um, just firing a shot across the broadside of the government saying, don't even think about Christmas lockdown and stop all of this hype um, because uh, Michael Martin continues to say that the jabs and the boosters can save us. Um, Ireland will start to give uh, COVID jabs now to primary school. They need to get it cleared by the European Union uh, for approval. But if that happens, it's likely that you'll see 5 to 11-year-old age groups at least being offered, and don't have to take it, I suppose, but at least being offered uh, vaccines this side of Christmas, according to the Mirror today. So antigen tests would cost, I mean, talk about daftness. They're saying that a subsidized, subsidized government price, a subsidized price on an antigen test would be €4. Euro. So that's not really a subsidized price at all. I mean, the supermarkets could beat that, I'd say. Uh, but people could have to pay up to €4 euro for a subsidized antigen test. Give me a break. I mean, if they were to say euro, not to mention that they should be free anyway. So that's a front pager in The Independent today. Um, I'm the king, you're the public servant. This was a quote in court by an interesting man by the name of Joe McCarran. He makes the sun. You may remember him. No, actually, pardon me. He isn't Joe McCarran. He's the guy who went into hospital 
uh, to help the COVID victim, Joe McCarran, who subsequently died, helped him to leave hospital. Well, he was before the courts. Nothing to do with that. He was on traffic charges, by all accounts. Uh, he was driving his car and he didn't have the proper uh, car reg on it. He had the one job up on it as license plates instead of a 09G, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but he also had a fraudulent license plate and failed to give information to guards when they stopped them. So he was in court. But he told the judge, I don't give any consent I will represent myself. I am the king and you are the public servant. I'm quite sure that didn't go down all that well with the judge. There's another court case on Lisa that's about to start. It'll take about maybe three or four weeks and the Echo and the Examiner talk about it today. Uh, and Helen Jones from Mayfield uh, is pleading not guilty to the charge of murdering her brother in 2019 on the Bandon Road. So the trial of the woman accused of murdering her 52-year-old brother at his home two years ago is about to start and uh, undoubtedly we'll be following that. Might be interested to know the Echo says that 70 guards were assaulted across the county of Cork uh, in the city and county so far this year. 70 of them and it's detailed in the front, sorry, in the inside pages of this morning's Echo. They also pick up on a, obviously there was a council meeting last night where the issues regarding young people partying last Thursday in different pubs and house parties that made city council last night. I guess they also saw the video circulating online of all of the house parties that were indoors and also into the back gardens and indeed on the roof and the flat roofs of many rental properties on uh, College Road and areas like that uh, Thursday night into Friday morning. And then, of course, was the regional protest yesterday that 400 uh, people attended, according to the Echo. These were students protesting over the cost of third-level education. And just um, just an update. Uh, the remains that were found near Middleton over 10 months ago, um, the Gardaí have still... Uh, been unable to identify who that is and that's an interesting story because you might recall that a crucifix and other items found close to the remains are believed to have been originally from a coffin and all they know well part of what they know is that uh, it was a female older than 70 years of age at the time of uh, time of her death is believed to have been suffering from arthritis and wore dentures. Um, there are also items of clothing that they're also trying to identify. Cork Airport, of course, has reopened and flights have taken off. And uh, the Echo this morning says that um, the uh, managing director has said yet again, uh, this is Niall McCarthy, said that we'll be able to reach the east coast of the USA. And the Echo says that Cork to US flights may resume in a few years' time now. Whether or not there'll be take-up on it or whether the prices or the airports they fly into will suit uh, the punters will have to wait and see. Um, but if you love the old cosy fire, and of course you can't in city and suburban areas, but on the country they're still burning uh, coal and they're burning turf and all sorts of stuff like that. And there's something particularly nice about it. I mean, it is messy and the cleaning out is a bit of a pain in the nuts. But uh, other than that, the cosy fire is the story that makes the examiner today. And of course, why? Well, they're turning up the heat uh, on our country cousins, or those of you that live in areas where you can burn fire, burn coal. Why? Because it's very bad for air quality. But at the same time, Cork's been named as a healthy city uh, for the third year in a row. And um, there's an interesting one with regards to when relationships break down, um, sometimes it can be very interesting to look at the cases when they get to court. That's what happens in the mail today, because there's his husband and wife. Now, they live in the same house, but uh, the court orders say that they cannot enter each other's bedroom 
or bathrooms. So they got their own sections in the house. But the husband installed CCTV cameras. And he was told by the judge that he needs to get his act together, uh, get rid of the cameras. And the two of them really, finally, need to separate and go their separate ways. Because he said, you can't be, the judge said, she said, you can't be putting CCTV cameras uh, into the house because it's a breach of your wife's human rights. So it is in breach of the person's human rights. You just can't do that. They've been married for more than 40 years, uh, but they just seem to be hunkering down in the house. So it's in court now at the moment. You heard the news there at nine o'clock with regards to uh, Black Friday and Christmas sales. Uh, just be very aware because the Times UK is warning everybody this morning with regards to uh, be wary of Black Friday bargains, particularly that you might see online because you could be caught with a fake or indeed you could be scammed. But some of the lighthearted stories from around the house. Do you know insulation when you're building a new house as you're trying to re-insulate your house or improve the, you know, the, um, your rating? Uh, they put in all of the fluffy stuff. Um, may well be replaced by popcorn. Now, I don't know whether it's going to be flavoured popcorn or whether it's just going to be regular, but apparently it's a lot more eco-friendly. So they'd be pumping popcorn in behind your walls. I mean, it makes sense to me. As long as the rats and the mice don't take a fancy to it, I suppose, and they eat all of the popcorn. But if you wanted to know what's good for your health as you're pushing on a little bit, well, apparently, um, light housework, you know, things that uh, you might think are thankless tasks are far from it because apparently they stave off old age and they keep you physically and mentally sharper. Um, and when we're talking about doing a bit of stuff around the house, 65 pluses, that is, Light housework is defined as washing the dishes, dusting, making a bed, doing laundry, ironing, tidying up, cooking meals. I mean, if that's light housework, what in the name of God is heavy housework? I would have thought they're all tough jobs. But heavy work includes window cleaning, apparently, changing the beds, vacuuming, washing, scrubbing the floor, DIY jobs, all of the above. Good for the physical and mental health. You're getting a workout around the house, I suppose, if nothing else. And then you see the story of the uh, Australian TV uh, and uh, radio host who came over to interview Adele in London. Now, in fairness to the guy, he says he didn't have the album. He was sent an email. He was to click on it, but he didn't get the email. He didn't look at the email. He didn't notice or whatever. So you ended up interviewing Adele having never heard the email. He's been suspended now uh, for two weeks from his job. Don't know what's going to happen to the guy, but uh, he's absolutely mortified because at one stage during the 30-minute interview, according to The Independent this morning, Adele actually asked him uh, whether or not he had listened to the album. And um, because he was, he, he, apparently he was struggling to express an opinion of his own about her new music. And she copped it. And they do. Um, and it, it can happen. I mean, when I was reading that story, it reminded me of years back uh, when I was uh, doing a particular interview. I think it was Emily O'Reilly at the time who'd written a book. Uh, I think it might have been a crime book. Uh, fact now, not fiction. Um, and I remember interviewing her at the time, having not read the book. And at one stage during the interview, she copped that I hadn't read the book. And she asked me, she says, by any chance, have you actually read this book? And I said, no. And Emily O'Reilly turned to me and she says, well, I'll tell you what, um, call me back when you have. And she hung up. And that was live on air. And it taught me one lesson that I've never forgot. I never, ever, ever talk to anybody about a book they've written unless I read it first. So there's a lesson in it for everyone. Meanwhile, I don't know how many people saw, um, I mean... I watched it and I felt really uncomfortable watching. It's one of those things you watch, Boris Johnson yesterday, and you just want to turn it off, but you don't. Whatever like that, you, you keep watching it, even though it's excruciating to watch. It was his shambolic speech. He lost 
his place in his notes and started fumbling up all of the all of the pages. And then he just went off on one, talking about Peppa Pig and vroom, 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 vroom. Um, it just goes to show what politicians are really like when they don't work with autocue or notes. Is this, you know, the real capability of a British PM? Because I can tell you, as a former motoring correspondent, EVs may not burble like sucking doves, and they may not have that rum, rum, rah, rah that you love, uh, but they have so much torque that they move off the lights faster than a Ferrari. And so with, with safer streets, uh, with great local schools, uh, with fantastic uh, broadband... Uh, <sighs> Lost his notes. Uh, forgive me. Forgive me. Forgive me. We, people will have the confidence to stay nearer the place they grew up, to start business, and business uh, will have the confidence uh, to invest. Hands up anyone who's been to Peppa Big World. Not enough. <laughs> I was well. It's, it's fantastic. I was a bit hazy what I would find at Peppa Pig World, uh, but I loved it. And Peppa Pig World is is very much my kind of place. Uh, it, 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 it has uh, a uh, very safe streets, uh, discipline in schools, uh, heavy emphasis on new mass transit systems. I, I notice, uh, even if they're a bit stereotypical about about Daddy Pig. Uh, but the real lesson for me, going to Peppa Pig World, and I'm surprised you haven't been there, uh, was about the power of UK creativity. God. Oh, I felt so sorry for the guy. I really and truly did. And that was before the Confederation of British Industry. All of the big wigs in business were sitting there and you talked to them about Peppa Pig. It was said that there was a lot of concern within the building. There subsequently was a lot of concern within Westminster. Then there was concern within the Conservative Party. Then there was concern within 10 Downing Street and concern right across the country. They called it shambolic. But I'll tell you one thing, Garth Brooks won't be shambolic and we can't pass the opportunity of playing an old tune. I, I don't I don't claim to be a huge Garth Brooks fan, to be quite honest with you, uh, but I love the hype of gigs and people being happy and, you know, having entertainment and being able to socialise, even though it'll be September of next year. So we can't let the moment pass without a Garth Brooks song. So if you, if you don't mind, I mean, you could go for the ones that maybe are... Uh, the big, big favourites, but I'm I'm going to just pick one that I particularly happen to like myself. Um, so I'm being rather selfish, but I'm not too bothered about that because I know you guys will like it too. Just the other night, God Brooks. Uh, came to Dublin yesterday some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers I was listening to that this morning and thinking tell that to the starving children in Afghanistan who are now going through catastrophic famine because the world has pulled out unanswered prayers he says but he was at the press conference yesterday just a couple of clips and that one of the questions he was asked was okay so you got two nights would you like to play five nights yes ma'am I'd like to I'd love to do five but I'd also like to be six foot five and have abs <laughs> Ms. Sinead, I, I think me and you can agree on this. What happened in 2014 was a freaking miracle. I mean, who does numbers like that, right? So you got 400,000 hard tickets in one city, one show. It's impossible. There's no way we're going to do that number 
again. And there's just no way. So uh, I think what the thing is was what I wanted was the chance for all five shows to be there for for the five for the five bunches of people that got it. It's very sweet that we've been granted that. We'll give back the shows that, that we don't use, but I can't see us doing five. I mean, that would be, would I like it? Yes. I would love it. Is that going to happen? I think it would be, um, it would be awesome. But wasn't he offered two and refused two then because he didn't get five? That, would, that was how I remembered it at the time. But nonetheless, it's still a privilege to be in and playing in Ireland. What was meant to start this whole thing? is now going to be where this whole thing ends. And if there is a blessing in that curse of what happened in 2014, it's the fact that there is a chance that this artist and those people that were sweet enough to get those tickets before now have a chance to hopefully see each other again. It's the greatest privilege and the greatest joy an artist can have to play Ireland. It's the greatest heartache to be told you can't greatest privilege to any artist is to play Ireland. On that basis alone, let's play out this morning on another Garth Brooks tune, but I'll allow you guys to choose that one. Text 0868104106. Now, bad crash on the Mallow Road, heading towards Mallow just after the overtaking lane there at Rathduff. Oh my God, I get the heebie-jeebies on that road. Please proceed with caution. And there's been a traffic accident on the right-hand lane in the tunnel, um, the right-hand lane of the tunnel from the Dublin Road going to Mahan, causing major traffic delays at Kettle roundabout from all exits. If I'm reading that correctly, it's in the right hand lane of the tunnel itself. Uh, so that's pretty scary. Back after the break. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851 Red FM. I'm contacted by a few different parents um, uh, on the south side uh, with regards to uh, kids being suspended from primary school. Uh, Neil, please uh, broadcast this and ask if others have an opinion on it. If you think it's fair to have kids suspended from school for playing a game of runaway knock. Uh, there were 13 kids suspended on Thursday from a school on the south side of the city for runaway knock. I just think it's a joke. Kids will be kids. We're all guilty of playing runaway knock, in fairness. The kids were outside of school hours when this took place. They knocked on the door of an elderly person um, and uh, da, 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 many of the parents are afraid to speak out as they're afraid this will follow the kids into second level. Another one says, 13 kids Neil, have been suspended from a school on the south side for playing runaway knock outside of school hours. My child was in the 13 who knocked on the door of a person. Uh, I don't want names mentioned because it will affect the kids going forward, but I would love to see what your listeners think. It's a bit extreme to suspend a child for a harmless game, don't you think? Some of the boys are going into secondary school next year um, and uh, my kids didn't knock on this lady's house. But the, there's another one here again now. My kids didn't knock on this lady's house, but the kids were asked in class if you previously played runaway knock to stand up. So they did, being honest. All 13 were rushed to one room to be spoken to and sent home to tell their parents to be in school the next morning. What the school has taught the children now is that if they want a day off, all they need to do is play runaway knock. If the school management saw fit to chastise the boys, they could have given them lines or kept them in after school hours to clean up the school or something, but not suspend them. It's lousy on the kids. There's enough drugs around our area now, which I prefer my kids playing runaway knock than being on street corners taking drugs. So it's all quite interesting. I don't know what the suspension is. Uh, it could have been just for the day until the parents were called in to tell them, you know, stop playing runaway knock, particularly 
whatever lady's house they knocked on. She's clearly upset about it. Uh, we contacted Toker Boys National School on this uh, and I haven't had any kind of response to them apart from the fact that uh, they have received our email uh, and if they plan on responding, they will contact us. So no more than that can I tell you. But if anybody has any updates or more information on that, um, I, I mean, I, I can understand it from two sides. We always played runaway knock as kids. We just, and we had all sorts of different ways of playing it. Um, but, you know, I imagine from time to time, we probably broke the hearts of the people we were playing it on, particularly if somebody had difficulty getting to the door time after time after time to find that there was nowhere there, no one there, and the kids were just round the corner or across the road laughing or shouting. I mean, it, it's kind of harmless, but possibly annoying and upsetting maybe in the on the wrong house, depending on who's behind the door. You might have a nervous, anxious kind of a person as well. So I think you need to bear that in mind. But I'm just acknowledging we all did it, but I suppose as kids we didn't realise uh, that every, not everybody finds it funny. Okay, text 0868104106 on that. Um, it's no, it's not. A, it's not an April first joke or anything. It, it's 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 uh, to my knowledge anyway. It, it actually did happen. Uh, so whether or not you've got an opinion on it, get in touch. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. But before I drive on any further. I may well run out of time and I want to do this now because Veronica, who lost her wedding ring, uh, also lost out on the chance of winning the prize of a thousand euro to have it replaced the week before last with Michelle Jewellers. And then on Friday, of course, uh, she was on air with uh, with Tim Keane and uh, Michelle want to replace it. That happened. I believe it happened on Saturday. Veronica, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Who went in? Did yourself and your hubby? I can't remember his name. What's your husband's name again? Jim. Jim. That's right. Did yeah. yourself and Jim go in? No, Jim decided not to bother. He let me off with my daughter. <laughs> oh, that's even more exciting. So the two of you rolled in anyway. And uh, the great yeah. Tim Keane was there to meet you, I hope? He sure was, yeah. He and warned me, bring in the barn brack. <laughs> <laughs> did you bring in the barn brack, really? Did I you did surrender not. that one? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> but uh, they were all, they were so nice. And Ashton was with me and I'd say she'd have bought up half the shop with the stuff that was in there. It was oh, I know, it's just beautiful, isn't it? It's oh, a gorgeously yeah, laid out. Very relaxed, gorgeous fish tank. I know. And the Christmas tree. It was really, really nice, you know. It's beautifully laid. You wouldn't get that online. You see, that's the physical shop that you need to visit for an experience yeah, like that. Absolutely, yeah. There were some beautiful pieces in there. Now she said, Mom, look at that. Look at that watch. Look at those rings. Oh, I said, Calm down. A girl, calm down. I know. You go in for one thing and you end up wanting everything. So, did they bring out the different trays then? Yep. Um, straight away, Tim brought out a beautiful tray of wedding rings and just said, There you go. Have a look and see what you like. So um, we had a look and my side tried a couple of on and myself and Ashton kind of looked and Tim and the lady with him suggested one or two that would suit because my fingers are very small anyway. Like the wedding um, ring is a band, isn't it? Forgive me now, but there's no diamonds yeah. on it. There's no cluster on it or anything, is there? Well, my own one originally had kind of a diamond cut diagonally on the ring and had a diamond in the centre. Right. So, um, and Jimmy's was matching except for the diamond. So... Like styles would change, and my as I say, my fingers are small, so I just went for a plain gold band. It was absolutely beautiful, and you'd think that all gold bands are the same, but they're they're not. <laughs> Even the tiniest little millimetre now made a difference. So did, w- did one ring. did one just stand out then? Yeah, one in particular. Did, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's always what happens, isn't it? Well, they suggested a couple that would be you know suitable and. They were right. They were right. absolutely bang on. Okay, yeah. okay. Well, I'm delighted. And they gave you all of the trays. It's not as if you were kind of, you know, limited to price range or anything. You could have had whatever you want. No, they just handed me the tray and said, go for it. Isn't that fantastic? That's absolutely fantastic. brilliant. Yeah, they were fabulous. So you can't, take your, you can't take your eye off, eyes off it now? 
Well, I had to be sized, Neil, because my fingers are so small. Oh, your little dunchy fingers have to be a little yeah, bit smaller yeah, for you, so I get it. Yeah, they especially for me. So they actually have to go off an order especially for me now as well. They really so that's, are. That's really they really are giving service. you the best service. Yeah. So, okay, so you'll have it in the, in the coming days. And then you'll send yeah. me a photograph, surely be to God. Well, they, they already took a photograph on Saturday. Oh, where is it? I want to see um, it. You'll have to get on to Keane's or to um, Michelle. Michelle. I will. Get on to Tim yeah. Keane. I need to see that photograph. So oh, what yeah, happens yeah, now when you get the ring? Here's what will happen. You'll go home. You'll be pottering around the house and doing whatever it is you do. And the old one will turn up. Guarantee you that'll happen. That's a shame. It's just asked me when he called me. He said, if you find the old one, what's going to happen? I, yeah. said, I have no idea. I but I can imagine my daughter is a jewellery freak, so <laughs> she'd probably claim it. Okay, so I want to get the photograph and share that photograph because it's a great story. And also, I want you to stay in touch just in case it ever does turn up. All right? Just oh, in let case. you know, definitely. Right. But it's a lovely photograph under the Christmas tree inside with Tim's. It was really nice. Oh, lovely. Um, That's lovely. No, well, let's get just, that Let's get a lovely that experience. Okay. You know, so right. thank you so much. And I, again... Thank Tim and all the team inside. They were lovely. They were Absolutely. really, really nice. Well, it was a great thing to be able to do and I'm glad we were able to make it happen. So well done, Veronica. If I don't talk to you this side of Christmas, happy Christmas to you and to Jim and Thanks. to your daughter and all of the family. Stay in touch, all right? I will. Thanks a million, Neil. Cheers. And your team as well. Lovely Bye. chatting with you. Thank, Thank you. you for the fun. We had a good laugh for that one. You know, we're talking about doing nice things and that's Michelle Jewellers and Tim Keane and the staff and Patrick Street. There's another lovely post that uh, we saw last night, and it's from Garvey's Supervalue in Cove. You don't hear this kind of service all that often, so when you do, it kind of jumps out. And they posted online, we at Garvey's Supervalue Cove want to ensure uh, you that we are here for you this Christmas. We understand that Christmas can be a difficult time of the year for many people in our community financially. And they say, if you're finding it tough to make ends meet and need some help this Christmas, please drop us a message and our team can arrange for a simple discretionary food and Christmas package to be dropped at your door. It will be entirely confidential. Please don't hesitate to ask for help. Merry Christmas to all. Garvey's Supervalue in Cove. Isn't that a wonderful, kind, thoughtful gesture? Uh, a discretionary food and Christmas package dropped to your door. And they're inviting people to get in touch with them confidentially if they're struggling. I think that's just an absolutely wonderful thing. Text 0868104106 if you have stories like that you'd like to share. Back after the break. Hey, call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Listen, it's almost six months now since the National Lottery uh, was won. There's been no player won the jackpot in almost six months, but... Uh, to the best of my knowledge, it's capped at 19 million since September and people keep on buying and people keep on playing and not winning. But the jackpot remains the same. It's actually the longest run in the history of the game now where the jackpot jackpot hasn't been won in almost six months. Um, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but Michael, good morning. Good morning, Neil. You have an opinion on this, don't you? The fact that it's been capped at 19 million and if it was rolling over for the last six months, it could be what? 50 million? 100 million? I reckon it would be well over 100 million at this stage. Okay, now. okay. And you, you got four numbers last week, did you? That's right. I got four numbers last week and I won 10 euros. <sighs> and prior to that, two weeks prior to that, same four numbers, I still got 10 euros. So therefore, I got nothing extra. They keep saying that it's been filtered down, but it hasn't. What does that mean? That you mean that more people win smaller amounts they're claiming, is it? I, that's what I'm claiming. Yeah. yeah. 
if you, the only person who benefits if the jackpot is won is the person who gets the five and the bonus. Now, the person who got it last week, there was one winner, and he or she got 996,214 euros. Wow. That was one winner. Now, the person who got the four and the, uh, and the bonus got 49 euros. And, and then it, the next one after that, three in the bonus, they got 25 euros. And then the person who matched three got nine euros. And this is a good one. This one now is match two in the bonus. You get a three uh, daily million ticket. Okay. Three euro daily million. Now, that daily million has been like that since day one. That now has increased, and now there has the three and the and the bonus. Okay, okay. So, I mean, five and the bonus, not too bad. Nearly a million. But no, if you, that's good. Yeah, but if you get... If you, so it's I don't play the lotto, forgive me, but my understanding of it is if you get six numbers, you win it all. Oh, you, you, you get the whole shebang. Yeah. No question. And as I said, I'm not begrudging anyone. Good luck to whoever wins it. Someone might go in there now tomorrow evening, Wednesday evening, and say, look, can I have a two euro quick pick or a six euro quick pick? <laughs> Could win it that night. Good luck to them. Yeah. Good yeah, luck to them. Yeah. That's what I say. But why am I arguing about it? Where is all the millions that has come in going to? Well, it goes to good causes, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it goes yeah, to lots of sport. Yeah, it goes no, to arts. Yeah. yeah there are no problem with that. But you, even at that, even if it wasn't 19 million and there was only 2 million there, they still get their... Uh, charity money out but it's a huge amount of money that's been you know uh, uh, accumulating over the last couple of weeks well they say they say six months six months I heard that it hasn't been won six months yeah, it's like that yeah. so you, you you're talking massive massive amount of money has come into the lot. And do you believe, why doesn't it roll on like other jackpots around the world would do? If it's not one, it's more the next week and more. Like the Euro Millions goes up and up yeah, and up, doesn't it? That's right. That goes, well, that's sealed, I think, at about 200 million now. Okay, well fair, well, fair enough. Okay, I mean, yeah, I, could, I could live with 200 million, not a bother. I don't I can, need any more I than that. Live, I, can live, I can live with a fiver. <laughs> but but why, why, is it, why is it capped? At the 19 million. That now, I don't know. This is another question I've been asking. Why is it capped at 19 million? Not alone, but that 19 million. That is there now in the bank account there for someone to win. Look at the interest that the lotto is making on that in the bank. But you see, the, at least the lotto is not for profit. You know, it doesn't I generate know, profit no, for the, shareholders the, or anything like that. It, it goes back nobody, into communities. Nobody does nothing for nothing. Ah, well, I mean, clearly they have to have staff to run it and admin. I understand yeah, that. Otherwise yeah, it would be chaos. But the rest yeah. of it then goes to good causes. It's not going to shareholders. It's not on a stock exchange. You know, it's it's just to oh, do good that, in the community. Yeah. But, but do you, uh, Wouldn't you think they'd uh, increase the prices better than what they are. Why there's a massive role? Give more to the four and a bonus. Give more to the three and a bonus, the two and the one. I know. Yeah, Yeah. I know. There's a friend of mine now, and the two of us have been doing it since it became 19 million. And we just pay two euros each, that's six euros for the ticket. And we hadn't got, I think, only two numbers out of it at one stage and three in another stage. 
It would have been a quick pick ticket. I know. Do you use the price, same numbers, you know? Michael? Do you, are you always going oh, for a quick oh, pick? Oh, I use my birthday numbers all the time. Right. And did you I've ever won win? On that. I've won on it several times. Nothing big. Just a tenner here, 20 here. Yeah, and, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Small nothing, amounts. Nothing yeah. colossal. Yeah. I mean, if I won 19 million, you'd be outside the door waiting to interview me. <laughs> no, I'd be looking for a few bob, actually, as it happens. <laughs> you know what? I'd give you a few bob if I win it. <laughs> Do you remember when the lotto started, incidentally? There were 36 balls. And That's now, apparently, right. there's 47. Doesn't that make reason, it harder to win? Re- it is very hard to win. The reason because of the, the up the numbers of balls was because of a syndicate up in Dublin. Do you remember them? No. They, they won, I think, about three times. <laughs> they were able to calculate what numbers would come out at certain days. And how? They calculated. I, I don't know how they did it. How? They were able to do it. Were they? I don't know. Yet they were able to calculate which numbers would come out tonight and which numbers would come out on, on a Saturday night. But they did that over a week period. Then they started doing those numbers, and they won. I think it's twice they won the jackpot. I can't twice. imagine how they could predict what numbers would come out of a, you know, because it's it's uh, it's, it's, it's it's hot uh, air blowing me, the balls on around down through a shoot and out. Yeah. So how you could tell? I've no idea. I don't know. I don't. I wish I could do it myself, but I do my birthday numbers every since day one, and I have won several times. Small prizes, nothing major. But I was out one number Era. one time of winning 250,000. Yeah, I don't... Oh, my God, that would wreck my yeah, head. Yeah. One number away from quarter of a million. That would... Yeah, you know you know no. what? You don't want the 19 million because you, you, they, they say that winning big like that, uh, there's a lot of downsides to it. Oh, God, there is. You, you'd have uh, your so-called friends begrudging you and they'd be looking for money. And, yeah, yeah. You know, you, you have all that kind of thing going You on. might go off but, the deep end, though, you know, buying flash cars. Oh, no, Jesus God, no. No, 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 no. I wouldn't do that. Drinking too much no champagne way. and buying idle, buying time. islands in the Caribbean and stuff. No, not at all. I don't drink. I don't smoke. Yeah, but you might I take it up, you see, if you won 19 million. No, I, I, I'd, I'd probably give most of it away uh. to good causes. <laughs> oh, God, Jeff, what's the one nineteen million for? <laughs> you, can't take, you can't take it to the grave. I'd spend if it, You pal. want to get rid of it. Get I'd rid of it as quick as you get it. I'd spend it. Hang on a second, Jim. Good morning. Do you want to jump in on the, on the what is it now, did I say? Mm. It's like something like 26 weeks now on one. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, look, I used to do. I used to do the lot. I used to do. I used to go into the betting office and do the lucky numbers. And there was one week. Winch was thirty six numbers. There was one week. I I I done. Um, I done uh, one euro uh, for four numbers, and I got the four numbers up, and I got three thousand on one euro. Were you happy with that? Uh, I came out the door without opening it. <laughs> If you know what I mean, <laughs> I, came, I came out the door without opening it, and 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 that gentleman was on there. He said four numbers, and you get a tenner. So you can imagine, you can imagine the difference inside the bit now. But Neil, like when they put the, the extra numbers on, I I I wasn't getting one number 
every time I used to. It do, makes I it tougher, get, surely, with more numbers rolling around inside oh, have, of the tub. Oh, you, 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 like you might, you might as well stop you. You have, like it's it's millions and millions to one. You don't you really believe that this is a setup and it'll be one before Christmas. How can you yes, control? But how could you control balls floating around like I, that? I don't. I don't. If we all knew that, we'd be ahead of ourselves. If we all knew that, but it, <laughs> I'll guarantee you. A week or two weeks, maybe next week, it will go before Christmas. It will be one. It will be one because number one note is being highlighted. The National Lottery don't like it, even though they're selling numbers. They're selling, they're selling millions every, every, every draw. Uh, for good causes, it, incidentally. You know, all of this hype is great for charities and for sporting it's events. Absolute, it's absolutely brilliant and, and, and clubs and, 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 and charities. And my but I think as an outsider looking in, the jackpot should increase every week. Of course, it should make it much more it, interesting and exciting. In, in, in other countries, it is. But um, <clears throat> I asked one question, and maybe you can find out the answer of it. What are the agents getting out of it? I.e., the shops that sell it. Ah, oh, they get a small little dividend. That's yeah, all. No, hold on, hold on. They don't get much. They can depend on the amount one, I suppose. I, I number one. If you get the jackpot, I know that five percent of what the jackpot is. Not at all. Not it's Mickey well, Mouse. <clears throat> well, well, d- d- you go away and your team. Uh, I don't think I'd have to. I'd say there'd be shops who've won, sold, lot of winners. Will tell me. Text oh, it's Neil, 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 I could tell you what they get. What? They get fifteen thousand. Is that it? Just yeah. capped at that? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. I, I'm here in Tesco, here in Wilton. We had a winner here a couple of years ago. It was a nurse over the regional hospital here, CUH. She won six million, and she bought the ticket here. And I happened to meet the lotto agent, who I knew, and I said to him, "Wasn't that a great win that we had there in Tesco and Wilton?" He said, "Yeah." And I asked him, "Out of curiosity, what does the company get now for selling the, the winning shop? Ticket? Like, what is the shop? The shop. Yeah. Well, the sh- we didn't get it, but the shop got fifteen thousand on a six million check- win. Is it? On a six million win, and that check was sent over to England because Tesco's was the uh, gotcha. agent for yeah, selling yeah, the yeah, deal. Yeah, yeah, can I ask one question before you go? Yeah, I need to move one, on. One question: What what do the shops get every week? I'm saying. Uh, I'd say they get week? peanuts. I'd say. A bit they, get, they get peanuts. There's no such thing as peanuts. Ah, well, I mean, I can find out what share of a lotto ticket the shop gets, but it probably will be a bit like what what a petrol station gets for a litre of petrol. Peanuts, I'd say. Yeah, I ch- very little. I'll find out. I'll find out. Yeah. Very little, All right. Okay. Let's Good see. Um, let's see what other people say on the matter. Appreciate it. Thank you both. Thank you, John. Thank you, Jim. Uh, a lot of text coming in on that. Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. Um, you have a one in ten million seven hundred and thirty seven thousand five hundred and seventy three chance of winning the lotto. Uh, I I don't know. That's what Seamus is telling me. One in nearly eleven million chance. Of winning the lotto, but as the fella says, it could be you. It could be anyone. I mean, if you're not playing it, you'll never win it. I don't, so I just look on with interest. But uh, why wouldn't you win it? You've as good a chance as anybody else to win it. So why couldn't it be you? But maybe it should increase. You know, six months at nineteen million, it really could be fifty or a hundred million at this stage, I suppose. Your thoughts? Text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. I'm Lana O'Connor. Red FM News is first for local, national and international news. And you can stay up to date by tuning into our hourly news bulletins or by clicking on redfm.ie. Get it off your chest. 
Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. Okay, uh, the money I give away, there's no charge for it. Uh, just your listening pleasure, hopefully, and your loyalty. So another 250 euro Tesco gift card to give away this morning. And here is my shopping list. I'll read it out a couple of times between now and a quarter to midday and then open the phone lines. Uh, whoever gets it absolutely correct uh, wins for themselves a 250 euro uh, gift card that you can spend in Tesco. Okay, so here it is. Uh, let's get it together. So you're hearing it for the first time, so don't worry about it. I'll play it again a little later on for you. Barry's decaffeinated tea bags. Tub of pseudo cream. Ouch. Box of Round Trees Fruit Pastille Ice Lollies. This time of the year? Okay, why not? Tesco ready rolled. Puff pastry, get bacon. Uh, small Cadbury's selection box. Tin of Heinz tomato soup. Tesco salami dog treats. <laughs> really? There is such a thing. Tesco salami dog treats. And 20 drawstring bin bags. All right, that's your list. Don't worry about it. If you missed Anton on that, I'll give it another couple of spins or readouts between now and midday today. On top of that, then, we have uh, more Dosh to give away. 200 euro cash courtesy of ourselves and Grona Braha Credit Union. This is week two. And by the end of the week, someone's going to win a massive 3,000 euro cash. But you need to know your north side. So 200 euro, I will give you the clue a little later on this morning. So hang in there for that and all of the business. Lines open one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text 0868 uh, Frank is standing by. Uh, first up, John. This is on the lotto that rolls on and on and on uh, for nearly six months now. John, good morning. Uh, good morning, Neil. All right. Uh, I just want to um, point out the thing that I heard on another programme recently about the, uh, the jackpot. You yeah, know? yeah, 19 million. Yeah. Apparently... All the possible combinations of those 47 numbers, or however many. Is it 47? 47 balls. Yeah, yeah. balls, yeah. yeah. All the possible combinations in groups of six would come to around 19 million. Right. And if it were to go above 19 million, in theory, somebody could submit, well, a big syndicate could submit all the possible combinations and they'd be guaranteed to win then, you see. Okay, so you would get a syndicate together who would spend over 19 million lottery tickets. And they'd cover every possible combination. But how much would that cost them, though? 19 million and a half. 19 and a half million. Yeah, but each lotto ticket is a lot more than a euro, isn't it? Well, I I don't know, but apparently... How much is a lotto line? I don't know. I mean, is it... And if if the jackpot kept going up, then they'd be bound to gain it. But that would need to be 200 or 300 million, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know, but that's what was said anyway. That, that was given as the reason why. Well, if there were 19 million combinations and a lotto ticket, the line in the lotto cost a euro, then a syndicate could win big if it kept on going up above 19 million as a jackpot. Um, but Yeah, they, they see, they'd reach the maximum saturation, if you like, all the possible combinations, something like that. But listen, apart from that anyway, um, you were asking, uh, uh, where's the money going? Only a fraction of it goes to good causes. So there must be enormous profit for the people running it. And it's a private uh, company, isn't it? It is, yeah. I actually did a little bit of Googling and searching on it there during the news, and it's actually owned by the... No, it's okay. not actually. It's owned by a Canadian company. It's, it's a Canadian, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's owned. Well, it's probably pension funds and all that are own, own it, you know. They invest in these things, you know, these funds, investment funds. Um, 
And all that money's going out of the country, then you see. Why, why won't the government run it? Yeah. It's just it's the same with the, with the, okay. with the oil. It's owned, by, it's owned by the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan. Mm-hmm. And the Ontario are, Teachers Pension Plan also own the UK lottery, which is run by Camelot. They bought both lotteries. They bought the uh, Irish lottery and they bought the UK lottery. And um, there's an article online saying that the company that runs it then on behalf of the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan is required to return 30 cent out of every euro spent on lotto products. So it's 30% of every euro that goes to good causes. I, I thought it was a hot, higher than that, but they no. bought it apparently. Uh, they bought it some years ago. I think I read somewhere this morning how much they paid for it. Um, I can't find it now, but I will find yeah. it. But I think they may have made That's a pay. I think I think they made a paid maybe 300, 400 million for it kind of thing, for the lottery. No, but the, the, the government did the same wish when, when they were exploring oil uh, off the coast. They sold it off instead of doing it themselves as the Norwegian government had done and build up huge national wealth. They just plugged it off to some company and let them take all the profits, you know. But um, So nearly 30% thing, in every euro spent on national lottery games goes back into the areas of youth, sport, recreation, amenities, health and welfare, arts, culture, national heritage and the Irish language. Uh, but what happens to the other 70%? I guess that goes to the Ontario the Teachers' teacher. Pension Plan. That goes to the teacher. <laughs> But anyway, listen, um, as regards scratch cards, by the way, scratch cards. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is the case, but it should be the case, I think, that whenever a new game is introduced, they should be obliged to say, state how many cards are printed, how much is to be won among those cards. Because it's ridiculous. People buy dozens and dozens of cards and they, 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 they win nothing. You know. And do you know if that information is out there anywhere for the, I don't know, the different but cards? It should be. Yeah. It should be. We should know how much is to be won in each game and how many cards. Do they also own the scratch cards or is that a different section I of the know, company? I'd imagine it's all part of the National Lottery, like, you know. Okay, so they bought it for 405 million and yeah. then they have a license to operate after that, apparently. I imagine. I, no, I this, know, this, these, are the, these are the facts, yeah. yeah but yeah. anyway, I leave you with this all thought. Right. Yeah. It won't be you. Well, it won't be me because I don't play. <laughs> uh, likewise here. All right. Well, it's not because of... Thanks, John. It's not as of anything against the lotto. I mean, I'd like to win it, but I just, for some reason, never got into the habit of it. Uh, Frank, good morning. Morning, Neil. How are you? Thanks for holding. So I did a little bit of the uh, facts checking on it there with regards to who owns the Irish Lottery, the Ontario Teachers Pension Plan, what they paid for it, and how much of it goes to charitable causes, 30%, I believe. Did you want to pick up on that? Yeah, well, I think you've covered everything I sent into you on the text. But yeah, in 2014, when the country was more or less broke, the government decided to offload it for $419 million. Was that and a good idea? It was absolute madness. No, I know they were selling everything just to keep the country afloat. But if they were managed to hold on to it for another two to three years when we got back to some bit of normality. And was it then that the balls increased from 36 to 47, do you know? Uh, um, I think uh, it was around that time anyway, um, which obviously makes us ten Tougher. times harder, yeah. 100 times harder to win. But it's the school teachers' pension in Ontario 
in Canada. Yeah. And yeah. and it's as you said, seventy percent of the profit goes to them. Well, I don't I don't know if it does. I'm just saying that seventy percent of it doesn't go to Irish good causes. Thirty percent no, does. But it, but it's no longer a national lottery. It's an international lottery because you can play it online. Yeah, I know. And so would you I, think I, because it was owned by a pension plan that that's why it's not rolling on now and it's stuck at nineteen million? Oh, obviously. Okay. I, I mean, their, their excuse is that the money rolls down to lower prices, but looking at looking at the price payouts in the last couple of weeks, you can't see where that's happening. You know, they don't seem to be much of a difference on the the other price payouts because. The lotto plus one is still only is still a million. Yeah, if you, if you get all numbers, that hasn't gone up by a cent. Um, but um, I mean, it, it was total madness to sell it in the first place. Well, it's sold, and the UK Camelot one was sold to them as well. So then you can do about that. It's Premier Lottos that run the whole. Lot. Premier Lotteries Ireland, um, but their ultimate parent company it's is Ontario. Yeah, okay, yeah, I understand. Um, yeah, yeah. And. But the the thing you were saying there about um, you cover all possibilities, I don't think it's feasible. No, you probably would make a slight profit. Well, you wouldn't really because you'd have... How much is a lotto ticket? Is it four euro or something? I know, I think it's 150 per line. And can you buy one line? No, I think the minimum is two as far as I know. So that's three euro then? Yeah. So 150 a line, you would have um, a jackpot of 19 million you would have to spend uh, 19... About 30 million. You would, yeah, yeah, I was going to double it, but a little less than double. So you're not going to make, by covering every single number on a 19 million jackpot, if it was yeah, rolled on to 50 million, you'd be making big money. Yeah, but you're not taking into account the money you get for all the other prizes. The, the five small plus, ones as well. You'd win all of them yeah. and the four plus. And, and has anybody plus. ever done that, a syndicate? It was done, it was done once in Ireland when there was the 30, whatever it was. What did they do? Do you know? Yeah, it was, they they actually appeared just after the draw on the Late Late Show. And they covered every single possibility. It was a, a Charlie Chalk, you know, the publican in Dublin. Yeah, Charlie Chalk, yeah. It's Charlie Chalk had a syndicate together. How much did they spend, you know? I, I honestly don't know how much they spent, but what came out then was that, Unfortunately, they did win, obviously, which they had to the top prize, but they shared it with two other people. Well, I don't know how many people were involved in it, but what well, what, well, what, well, what, what well, happened no. here was they were able to come up with a system to cover every single possible combination of numbers, buy lottery yeah. tickets for every single yeah. possible combination of numbers, and, and won the jackpot. And before online. Yeah. Which could you, imagine if you had done that and covered every single possibility, spent huge money, and they had to share it then with a load of other people. You had to say they had that's, to share it with what, two others. What happened. Oh, they had to, there was three winners of the... But they, they said on the Late Late Show, they made profits, uh, a, a quite substantial profit because of the lower prices. Oh, I see. So they still they, managed to... They had to every ahead. one of them combinations covered. Yeah. So it's still technically possible to do that, but only if you spend I, big I, money. I don't think it's really physically possible. You'd probably want to vote... 10,000 people on computers doing them like you know and all it takes is to miss one line and that that would probably be the line that would come yeah, up yeah that'd like, be my know. luck the one that you so just missed oh it'd be the same I mean 
with the luck I have, if it was raining soup, I'd get a fork. All right, my man. Listen, you know, appreciate that. Thanks for the background check for me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Frank. Not Take, a care. Problem. Take care. Take care. Lines open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. A lot of texts on these. Why are there three drums running before the draw? It makes no sense. I haven't a clue. I don't watch the lotto. It did 14 lines, which was 42 euro last week between five of us. And we won three euro. Hey guys, on the lotto, about three years ago, my husband had five numbers and he was one off the 12 and a half million. He had 43 and 42 was called. Oh, he got two grand. Big difference between two grand and 12 and a half million. Love the show. Canadian company owns the Irish Lotto, Neil. Thank you for that. I just checked my lotto ticket for Saturday night uh, and I won nine euro and a two euro quick pick. I am absolutely devastated. The lotto is capped at 19 million because you can guarantee winning it if you spend approximately 22 million based on the numbers, uh, the number of numbers and the cost per line. Therefore, it won't increase higher than the amount it takes to guarantee a win. That makes a lot of sense to me. Otherwise, you'd have a syndicate that would spend all of the number money and win the jackpot. So that's why it's capped. It's capped at 19 million due to the number of combinations needed, Neil, to win the lotto. If it goes above 19 million, in theory, if you do every combination possible, you'll win the lotto and make a profit. Um, so it's, it's, to, it's to see off syndicates or people who put together huge, big buying power. That's possibly the reason they're saying, I don't know. Back after the break, text 0868104106. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at Neil Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Thank you for the text, Morris. She says, just to let you know that the Canadian Teachers Pension Fund, the Ontario Teachers Pension Fund, are the wealthiest pension fund in the world. I know that because my uncle is a retired teacher in Ontario. They also own Heli Hansen. Uh, Lucky buggers, says Morris. That's, uh, isn't that a fashion range? They do jackets for yachties and boating people and stuff like that. People who climb mountains and do orienteering and things. The wealthiest pension fund in the world and they own the Irish Lottery. You know, this. Uh, the, the more I think about being suspended for playing Runaway Knock, and I don't know how accurate it is, uh, uh, apart from the fact that I've got some emails and texts from, from parents who don't want to come on air because they don't want to be identified because they're afraid uh, that uh, it could affect their son's chances of moving on towards secondary school. But the more I think about suspending, or it's alleged that 13 have been suspended uh, from a primary school, uh, I wonder whether or not you would be refused entry into a secondary school from your primary school because you were once suspended in primary school. I think that's a legitimate worry for uh, for parents. I can tell you no more than that, apart from hopefully we'll get some sort of a clarification as to what happened, because clearly something happened uh, from Toker Boys National School and the reasons behind it, or indeed the accuracy behind the story. That's what I'd like to hear, because at the moment I don't have uh, a response. But Shirley says if they were in their uniforms, then the school can take action, as they're still technically representing the school. Thank God this wasn't the rule when I was in school, as I would have been out more than in. Um, runaway knock, they were playing runaway knock, and, and somebody took umbrage with it and went to the school and uh, I guess made some kind of a complaint. That's ridiculous. I get myself a lawyer if I I was you guys. Absolutely silly thing to say. Anything goes on, anything that goes on outside of school hours has nothing to do with the school. Major overstep on their part. And uh, had your children done something far worse, it still wouldn't be anything to do with the school. Lawyer up. Well, I don't know whether that's needed or not, but I mean, can you... Um, can you, you know, delete a suspension from a record? Absolutely nothing to do with the school. I would go to the Board of Education. But what if the kids were wearing school uniforms at the time, assuming there is a school uniform? Aren't you then still representing the school? 
in a school uniform. Don't, I'm not saying that they were or not. I, I do not know. Is this some kind of a joke? It was Nick knocking, and those adults all probably did it as children. We used to throw pebbles and roar into letterboxes. How times have changed. They have changed. And of course, unfortunately, we hear of other things going on with regards to people's doors and letterboxes and putting, you know, I don't know, putting petrol bombs through them. But at least it wasn't that. Uh, For God's sake, no harm at all. We all grew up playing runaway knock. I I gave you some examples earlier this morning why it might be upsetting for somebody as to have their door knocker banged all of the time and the bell rang all of the time. Anyway, I did that earlier. This is so over the top and ridiculous. This happens outside of school hours, none of their business. Maybe instead of making an example of the children, they should guide them, explain how what was done could scare and frighten an elderly person living in these houses. Uh, Eileen says, how did they know it was a certain school? Were the kids in uniform? If so, that probably is the only reason the person reported it to the school, unless they have a mention of behavior outside of schools in the uniform and their school policy or something. Uh, I remember my secondary school uh, had it, but not sure about primary. Maybe instead of suspensions, explain how it could make a vulnerable person nervous. There are worse things going on, though. John says those involved in the suspension of the children should be brought before the school governors. If the school governors are involved, then they need replacing. Uh, An out-of-school activity should be dealt with out of school. And uh, one final one, and there are many. Unfortunately, with this pandemic around, people are very scared and seeing a group of teenagers knocking at your door can be very frightening for older people. Sad times. I mean, do think for a moment, though, about somebody's door being constantly picked on. Maybe one particular house was targeted over and over again, day in, day out, like clockwork. Um, and maybe it just got too upsetting and, and too much. And, and then that person just went to the school and said, please, can you have this stopped? Um, and gave different reasons why and the school reacted. But I, I can't say, so I'm awaiting a response. Um, we've been told that the principal has received the email, has read it, um, and if she, if he plans on responding, they will be back in touch. So hopefully we'll get some kind of response. I want to be fair to everybody involved, including the school and indeed the person who made the actual complaint. Lots of texts and emails, but many, many phone calls. So let's go back to calls and texts and emails in a few minutes' time. Claire, good morning. Hi, morning. Uh, thank you. you. You're not on a speakerphone there, I think, you know? I am, I am. Two okay. seconds you just now. need to take that off then. You can tell me a story then. Sorry, sorry about that. You're grand, you're grand. Now, we've been talking over yesterday and a part of the program on Friday about dangerous dogs list and restricted breeds and um, uh, attacking and killing all the dogs. You wanted to get in on that. You're a dog lover, are you? I am, I am. And actually, my favourite dogs are actually Pitbulls and Staffies. Right. I'm mad about them. I think they're so loyal and just a lovely breed. Um, obviously, when they're looked after. No, properly. I hear that, that they can be very affectionate. And uh, that's down to the rearing and, you know, the the way they're looked yeah, after by yeah. the families. Yeah, yeah. But we also yeah, hear but, then of them attacking other people and uh, people and dogs. So that's, that's probably down to um, the training they get, is it? Um, well, I'm just going back to my experience about 10 years ago. So um, I was driving home and it was around a busy garage. And there was a lady. Now, I would have always seen her out walking. She was actually out walking a Westie. And I would have seen her a lot. She was, she was in her 70s. And I noticed just she looked kind of frozen to the spot. And the Westie now, so, describe that. What's the full name for a Westie and what is it on the list? A West Highland um, Terrier. Okay, is that on the restricted breed? It is, isn't it? No, that's no. 
the little Westies, you know. Oh, the, yeah, they're the, just, yeah, yeah. okay, they're she was just walking boys. her small little Westie. It's the Staffordshire Bull Terrier that came upon her, yeah. yeah. It came upon, yeah, so um, I just kind of looked over and just seen the Westie on the ground and the uh, Staffy had locked onto its torso area. So I stopped the car anyway and I got out and I just panicked and I waved down a builder's van. So kind of similar to, I suppose, a story that was on air. Um, two men hopped out and another man actually just came upon it as well. And sure, they were all kind of trying to help the lady, but to no avail. They couldn't get the uh, staffy to release the Westie. No. It didn't even flinch. They were. It was locked on to the Westie's torso with its jaws. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. and um, it actually uh, car drove around the bins and whistled at the dog, and that's when the dog let go. And it was just the scene was like carnage, really. And the dog ran off, popped into the car. They drove off. I um helped the lady into my car and dog and I dropped him at the vet and um, that was kind of that was that was it for me until that night the lady's husband actually called to my door and just informed me that the guards had been out anyway and taking care of the Staffordshire I didn't kind of actually ask much at the time but um, like he said that it had been put down go away and his wife had to get stitches in her hands because obviously trying to get the dog off her dog, it has bitten her. And the poor Westie didn't have to be put down. Oh my God, so but both dogs yeah. were put down. Yeah, I, I like, I just thought like even after then, like I never seen that lady out walking, you know, which is tragic there. You mean you, you know, always either. would have seen her before the attack? I would have, and as I said, I wouldn't have, like, I'd have been familiar, you know, she was from around the area, but, and I met her husband about a year after they'd actually purchased another Westie, and he was out walking, but he said, no, she'd never, she's just, like, she was traumatised, I suppose. Yes, yeah, because yeah, you were saying that the emotional scars this attack left are serious, and you can see why when you say that she never walked a dog again out of fear. Yeah, yeah. Anxiety, like, I think worry. even when people are ringing and saying dogs will be dogs, and, you know, I think, like, because I, I know lots of people that own Staffies, they're, they're, they're beautiful, you know, they're clumsy and they're, they're lovely, but. I think, you know, and they say they're similar to other terriers, sure the West Highland is a terrier and like I've owned as Westies myself and I wouldn't I wouldn't leave kids rub the Westie if I was out and about, you know, because I wouldn't trust her. And dogs will be dogs, but I suppose the dog the jaw locking kind of is what I find, you know, kind of sends shivers up my spine. You when saw it with your own eyes. Clearly somebody got the reg of that car, is it? Contacted the guards then? Uh, they, yeah, you know, I, I know there was an issue. Um, I don't want to go into the ins and outs, but I know there was an issue where the lady said she was just looking after the dog for someone else. Yeah, well. But, um, like, it was, I suppose it was even a bit more before the time that microchipping and kind of that side of things were brought in, you know, enforced as they are now, but... 
yeah, it just, it, it wasn't kind of till a few years later that I kind of started thinking about actually the helplessness of the situation. She must you have know. been very distraught on the on the journey with her injured dog to the vet, I'd say, was she? Oh, Woman that in her was 70s. awful because I actually put my hand back to the Westie and he, he was licking my hands on the drive up. Oh, it was just terrible and the state of the seat you know, after they got out and there was just, it was just carnage like. You never saw that woman again walking? Not her walking, no. Very no. sad. Very sad. No. All right, yeah. listen, uh, thanks for sharing the story, Claire. Nothing's, nothing's changed in spite of all of the rules, regulations and muzzling and being on leads and stuff. Yeah, we still I hear the stories. Yeah, I that people get very defensive, even I heard some texters texting you in and they'd be describing their own dogs and, you know, like, I mean... I don't think people that, that you know, are targeting the breeds themselves, but you have to respect like that, you know, if they're capable, like, you know, I, I know, I know men myself would say, like, and, uh, you know, that they wouldn't like to come across maybe too, too them breeds. And that's what happened last week. Now, in the it. case of last week, the owner of the two dogs is very, very upset and apparently does, you know, look after them and, you know, you know, the, yeah. we were hearing yesterday from um, people in the CSPCA that uh, the gate just got open for some reason and they ran yeah, out. And then, and then, then, then the a, a bark of another dog or a shout or a scream can spark the, yeah. the, the dog then to react as it did. In this case, they were Staffordshire Bull Terriers. Well, I've witnessed, like, as I said, I've witnessed a lot of other dog attacks um, through my own and, you know, there was a Labrador before involved and actually um, a Dalmatian, but, you know, they, people were able to fight them off. It's that, that helplessness of not being able to get them once they're, I know. once I know. they have that intention is what's frightening and Unfortunately, on the news, then we see the stories like they always pop up on my phone due to cookies, I'd say, because I always read them. So you'll see more like of them. punishing yeah. myself. Yeah. And, um, you know, the case, like, it is always where they escape, you know, or, you know, they just, like, they're dogs at the end of the day. And I don't see why people get so defensive if they're asked to put a lead on them or, and most of I just find that hard because if you're a responsible dog owner you should know oh, yeah but like, I'm told that when people you know, say, if somebody were to say to somebody say anywhere Tremor Valley Park or places like that would you put a lead on your dog people get they respond in a rude manner to them or they, they tell me yeah, mind their own yeah, business or riff off or my dog right. needs a run and he's doing no harm to anybody yeah yeah like I mean I, I wouldn't leave a dog off at least just because All right. I want to protect my dog in case He's like, my, one of my dogs had a thing against people's feet, so if they were wearing flip flops, he'd try and bite their toes. You know, like. You That's an attack, though, isn't it? Of. That's an attack. Yeah, yeah, it would be. So I wouldn't like to protect my dog because I love my dog. I would keep him on a leash. Yeah. I wouldn't put him in the situation where he might bite someone and might have to be put down. So. Yeah. 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 You know. Okay. All right. Okay. Responsible yeah. with it comes to your pet. All right. Uh, yeah. Can I just actually yeah. request as well a song? Um, the Gareth Brooks that you were asking. Yeah. Yeah. The Thunder Rolls, but um, not the long version. The one with the the controversial fourth verse. What's that controversial fourth <laughs> verse? What is it? Um, that's where um, <laughs> it, it, it's actually it's very hard to find us, but um. I know he does it live and and that a lot, and the audience love it. Right. But um, it's where the lady goes down and gets the revolver from her 
her bedroom drawer. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Garth Brooks. Yeah. Garth Brooks has a song, "The Thunder Rolls," where somebody shoots someone. Is it? Yeah, and basically it's found um, in America. Or they, <laughs> they thought it was responsiveness to domestic violence. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, if they're the lyrics of the song, I can understand why. You have an argument <laughs> so with your husband, go down and get the gun. apparently live, so and the audience love it. Well, listen, I tell you what, you've got the Thunder Rolls. Other ones this morning include Standing Outside the Fire, if yeah, Tomorrow Never Comes, that. and The Dance. So we'll see what the requests yeah. say, and we'll play a second one just before midday. Thanks, Claire. Take care. All the best. Bye-bye. The Neil Prenderville Show, on Twitter, at Neil Red FM. Karen, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Just a couple of updates. What we know from parents, anyway, is that um, when the kids were in school, apparently they were asked in the class... If you previously played Runaway Knock, stand up. Um, and 13 did stand up. She says that my son stood up, but he didn't knock on that lady's house, but he stood up because he's honest. All 13 were rushed to one room to be spoken to and sent home to tell their parents to be in the next morning. And I'm told, although I have to not had it confirmed by the school, that the 13 were suspended. So what they're doing is they're also suspending kids who didn't do it on that occasion were being honest enough to admit that they had in the past. Um, does that change your thought process at all, I wonder? Well, I, I think it's very unfair to suspend any of the kids that were being honest that weren't involved in it. But I do think, um, you know, we live in a much scarier world than we did when I was a youngster doing those harmless pranks. And I just think older people on their own in houses, they're, they're intimidated possibly more easily now than older people when we were younger. And I feel, you know... It's not fair. I think they're probably nervous because all they're reading about is all the terrible things going around them. And COVID is a scary time for people. And it is. Because 13 kids knocking on your door. You know, I wouldn't personally like to... No, and I'm not afraid of much, but I wouldn't like 13 kids in the current world knocking on no, my door. No, but let's say they weren't 13. I'm just saying that 13 were suspended and some apparently because okay, they were honest. Well, regardless. So regardless, I don't know. I don't know how many went to... The, but you are right. It is COVID and perhaps she's elderly and is, is afraid or is trying to stay away from people or maybe unwell yeah. or, or has has a nap in the afternoon. There'd be loads of reasons why yeah. you'd be fed up about it. You know, I just think we need to respect old people. We need more respect in this country for older people from stuff. And I think the school, if they wanted to do something, they should have said, approached the person who reports and said, well, can they go to the shop for you? Can they get coal for you? Can they tidy up your garden for you? And let that be their punishment. A form of community service instead, if you like, whatever that might be. Yeah. Well, which I'm all in favour of anyway. I think in TY years in school, um, you know, I know they do a little bit of it in our neighbourhood here. I think it's lovely to get older people and younger people interacting. And in fact, the respect younger people may develop for older people instead of considering them as kind of has-beens could lead to a very fruitful relationship. But um, I do think, in fairness, to be honest, um, I, they shouldn't be doing it. Not in the world we live in at the moment. They shouldn't be knocking on people's doors. Whether it's two, three, four kids, those people could be scared to face anyone at the moment. Yeah, at any, at any time, it can be very annoying at least. But in these times, it can be that and a lot of other emotions. So, be, so not a suspension, be. but um, some kind of, for want of a better word, punishment. Yeah, it's something productive. Like, you know, they're going to be hanging around at home, possibly happy they got a day off school, maybe. 
after getting an earful from the parents or the parents may decide it doesn't warrant an earful. Well, the, the, the two or three that are in touch with me are very annoyed about it. They think it's completely over the top. But you wonder as well, would, would a suspension in primary school limit your choices in secondary school? Would a secondary school refuse you because of, an, because of a suspension? No? Okay. I wouldn't. Not in the world we live in. Unfortunately, I'd say there's a lot of discipline going on in schools now where there are suspensions that may not have existed years ago. There's a lot more... I would think social issues, you know. Um, now, I'm not to say, but I, w- I wouldn't think something like that sh- would interfere with secondary school, to be honest with you. But I just feel, look, your home is your, your sanctuary and no matter how harmless this prank might seem to it those may, kids, It may not have been a straightforward runaway knock. Here's another yeah. text. One of my children is in the school. He said it wasn't a normal runaway knock. It was a TikTok challenge. You know, you know, TikTok, you social media, you know, the app you can have. There's more to the story, Neil, and obviously the kids haven't been 100% honest. Um, yes, and I just feel at the end of the day, you know, respect older people, and it's and we all did silly pranks when we were young, but the world is possibly a lot safer place. We weren't in the middle of a pandemic. There wasn't as many horrible things happening around us in the city, so I just think respect older people, respect everybody actually, and leave their home, be their sanctuary. You got it, well said. Thank you for that, appreciate it. Actually, Neil, sorry, can I just say before you go there, um, a very dear friend of ours is getting married today. Is there any chance I could just mention them to wish Absolutely, 100%, go ahead. Um, So, Michelle Roche and Stephen O'Callaghan, they're getting married actually at 12 o'clock today. So, I really want to wish them all the best and send them loads of love. Are you going? Thanks very much. We are, yeah. Okay, yeah. and have you got the uh, the hotel and everything afterwards? Well, it's just it's just a restaurant for forty five. Oh, I think that's a fantastic. I think that's yeah. a brilliant idea, actually. You know, fabulous, fabulous idea. And do they will will everyone get their own menu and you can do whatever you want and have fun? Yeah, they've a menu all organised, and um, the restaurant actually Docklands Restaurant in Cork. They've been super Docklands. in helping oh, them do it. Oh my and God, Beth is just a genius, and she's Harold fabulous. as well. Oh. Fabulous, and the thing is, you know, they're great. They will check everyone has oh, their yeah. certs going in, and it will be very safe for everybody concerned. Beth and in fact, is just an incredible. I'm looking forward to more than a big, huge, anonymous function oh, in a hotel. You know, there's no disrespect to the weddings that have been my own included because I have to go home yeah. later on. But I would much <laughs> prefer to take over a restaurant like. That. I think it will be yeah. brilliant. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Have so a great day. And to Michelle and Stephen, uh, enjoy the day. Take care, Karen. Cheers. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All the best. Take care. Take care. Take care. You never know, Neil, what's going on uh, with the person behind a closed door. I agree with the school, but I do think an explanation as to why they got suspended should be done as to why it was wrong. They could have got an explanation. Perhaps that also happened. I don't know. So uh, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, if I get a response from the school, but uh, maybe if it wasn't as straightforward as Runaway Knock, you know, a TikTok challenge would be filmed and then video shared and stuff like that, if that's the case. So I will come back to it throughout the course of the morning. If if you have a child in the school or you're one of the parents, do get in touch. I won't give out any details, uh, but do get in touch and we can share whatever you're comfortable with. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. Now come back to it. But I want to talk to Mick Hull because he's been waiting an awful long time and he owns Intrust Communications. It's a call centre thing and he's mad looking for staff. Mick, good morning. Hi Neil, how's it going? Thanks for holding, pal. How tough is it? Just tell us the story. Yeah, it, it, it's it's tough for me, but also uh, Neil, I, I speak to other business owners, 
and um, they seem in a, in a similar position, to be fair. Yeah, Fitzpatrick's um, and Glanton, the Delhi supermarkets, fabulous yeah. business down there. They they are struggling to get staff, limiting opening hours of the Delhi, and crying out for people to come and work for them and can't get them. So there's more. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously impacting my business because uh, we're trying to grow, we're trying to employ people. Um I look on the stats, I think there's something like 6% people unemployed in Cork, but I'm not really seeing that, Neil. I've got uh, my job ads in three universities in Cork. Um, I had to check with them because I said, is the ad still up? Because I haven't had any CVs. Um, And, you know, I advertise on social media channels. It is tough. Um, What's the job? Just let's drill into it a little bit. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's, Telesales stroke lead generation, so it's a tough gig, Neil, um, but there's opportunities to grow within the company. And like, uh, So it's not technically a call centre where you'd be providing a service on behalf of another company and answering queries yeah. from the customers. It's sales. Yeah, it, it's, uh, it's exactly what you said, Neil. We sell and book appointments on behalf of other customers. Okay, then it is a call centre. Okay, um, and what is a pay? Yeah, okay, so the the basic hourly rate is the starting hourly rate, which is 10.50. There's commission on top, um, and beyond that, there's, of course, you know, promotional opportunities and so on. But the commission's good, um, and it surely beats being unemployed. Um, but I, I just get it's, frustrated. It's, minim- it's minimum wage, though, Mick. No disrespect, yeah. but that's what yeah, it is. Absolutely. You know, like his minimum wage yeah. at ten fifty. When they say that the living wage, what we need just to put bread on the table, roof over the well, just to survive is twelve ninety. Yeah, that's the 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 hourly rate is ten fifty. But as I said, Neil, there's commission on top. Um, I just frustrated that. Um, we, we, we can't get CVs and I have listened on the show with interest where, you know, students, for instance, are saying they're looking for work, but I don't seem to see that. I'm not knocking students. They work hard. They probably are looking for yeah. part-time work, though. Are they? Uh, are you looking for a 38-hour week kind of a thing? Or? No, we're, no? We're totally, I'm totally realistic and flexible. Um, part-time hours, they obviously have to suit the business, Neil, so typically... That would be, say, 4 p.m. till 8 p.m. if it was part-time. And look, that should be completely in line with what a student's looking for. But even stay-at-home mums and dads, you know, 10 a.m. till 2.30 p.m., I would consider it. And are you thinking this is something to do with the pop? Now, bear in mind that the pop rates are changing and they, I think I believe they have actually changed right they've been they've been reduced like for instance I was looking at you if if you wanted somebody to come and work for you for 38 hours a week they they would gross 399 euro a week before tax now they wouldn't pay a whole lot of tax on that but let's say they might come out with 360 um mm. they they the, the original pop was 350 then it went to 300 and now 250 and 203 so you're saying that they make they're, they're still making a decent wedge on pop without having to work, is it? Yes, and and I think they get other benefits as well. Maybe you know, doctor's uh, card. I'm not, I'm not 100 percent sure what you get on the pop, but yeah, I don't think it, it helps me and other business owners. Um, but that said, Neil, it's two fifty now. Um, I think it changed yeah. 
Didn't it change just uh, on the 16th, I think? It went from 300 to 250, and those yeah. on 250 went to 203 and transferred to job seekers. Yes. So um, why? So the I, question is, if you're if you're if you're pulling 250 doing nothing, why would you go work for Mick Hull um, to get a part-time job that doesn't pay that? Sure. I, you know? I, I, to be fair, I wouldn't necessarily argue with that. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not saying that in a critical way. I'm just saying that's yeah. the reality of it. Mm. I agree. Um, I we had an individual not so long ago. He said, "Look, I can get twelve hundred at the time." He said, "For just being at home." He said, "And that, he, he's happy with that." That was when it was three hundred a week, three by four, twelve hundred. Yeah, 1, yeah. Exactly. yeah, that's correct. So yeah. Yeah, that's what you're fighting, and 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 people say see that, and they say, "Nah, it's not worth my while." And others are saying, "I'm just going to take time out for now and look for a job in the new year." Yeah, uh, look, I suppose uh, the idea of this uh, conversation, Neil, is I am advertising and if there are people out there looking for work, bear in mind it's not only an hourly rate, There's it's commission-based as well. I mean, obviously you have to hit your targets, fine. Uh, are they achievable targets? Like if you pull 399 gross a week and you hit the targets, what would the extra commission be on average? Yeah, I mean, typically between 3 and 350 a month. Now, okay. that has to go through payroll, depending on your tax situation. I don't know what you'd get out of that, maybe 250 But, you know, there, it's it's an opportunity to work, especially also if you're a student. Um, there's opportunities there to earn money to, you know, help pay your way. Um, why do you say that sometimes you feel these days that it's the candidates are interviewing you and not the other way around? 100%. I mean, I've had on two occasions... I've left the conversation and the, the people have said, I'll let you know. And I said back, I haven't offered you anything yet. But they they do say that, yes. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll have a think about it and let you know, Mick. Um, and they don't? Often not. Uh, often not. Now, as I say, I want to employ people in Ireland. I... I, I do... I do know... I have contacts in, say, South Africa and call centres... I could employ people from there, good English speakers, probably pay, you know, less because of the range, euro, etc. I don't want to do that, Neil. Um, but maybe it's the pub, maybe it's something else. I don't know. But um, maybe it's I, the I, maybe it's the minimum wage, and I, I, I say that to you because at ten fifty, your minimum wage, like for instance, just as an example, Aldi are giving twelve thirty yeah. per hour, rising to fourteen thirty per hour. Yeah. Um, and um, that's the difference, you see. They'll they'll make more in an Aldi, a Lidl, perhaps I don't know, Tesco or a Duns, or you know. I, yes, I'm I'm aware of that. And look, this this industry is a kind of low margin business, and I pay what I can, and that's why you you have to top up commission. And I do agree with you. Know, I'm not disputing what you say. Mm. No, I know that. I mean, it, you, you're paying what you can afford to pay. It's just that I got a text. I don't know, was it a text or an email last week? I'll have to dig it out again. Somebody yeah. said that uh, a college graduate, a college degree graduate, was offered yeah. a job with a well-known international company in involved moving to Dublin for 26000 yeah. a year. And I okay. thought, that is just so depressing. This would be a company yeah. that makes millions in profits. Yeah, yeah. Paying yeah. anybody 26 grand a year, you know? I know. Yeah. It's heartbreaking. Like. It is. Um, but look, that's that's the situation. If if there are people out there um, 
you know, when I say want to work, I'm not being disrespectful. I mean, you know, want to come off the register. Uh, I mean, we reply to every CV and we give every CV consideration. Okay, um, I'd love you if you came back and let me know if this call makes any difference. Intrust Communications are contactable how? Um, probably the easiest way is uh, through my website, which is intrustcommunications.ie. All my contact details are on there. Okay, well, let's do that, Mick, and see what happens as a result of Thank it. You. Take care for now. Cheers. Intrustcommunications.ie. Do you think that it still exists, that it's better to stay on pop and not to work and look at it in the new year and just to chill for a while just yet? Or is it a case that people are just interested in jobs only that pay better money. Text 0868104106. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7am and wake up your weekend with music, chats and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. Okay, back to the phone lines. We've got Emma. Good morning. Morning, I. Thanks so much for taking the call. So this is um, one of your one of your kids was one of those that was suspended. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Okay, so what, I don't want to know about the the house or, or the woman or anything like that. That that's you know not, not what I'm about this morning. But what happened? Was it runaway knock? Yeah, it was runaway knock. Yeah, um, I suppose the first time I heard about it was when I got a phone call from the school, and. Um, I categorically just I said no way sure he's not outside he only goes out at the weekend and he said Michael admitted um, um, to it so when Michael said he did it he did it and what, how did that happen that. because somebody said um, that they were asked in class or something stand up it if was, you ever played was, Runaway Knock yeah there was some of them supposed to be in their school uniform now I can tell you that that wasn't my child because my child is not out in his school uniform so that's how they brought it back to the school and when they said like stand up Whoever did it, Michael did stand up and Michael did take responsibility for his action. Okay, and was it all just the one class, was it? Um, I know two different classes. Okay. It was, yeah. Is it sixth class, is it? Sixth and fifth. Fifth and sixth. And the, and the lads in both classes stood up and there was 13 of them in total. What happened then? They were, I they think they were taken out and they were asked about it, as far as I know. And... Um, we, uh, we we got a phone call home then and we had to go in and, um, I suppose, take heed of what was after happening and they, they were going to be suspended and um, for the day and um, that was it really. Okay, and did, were you happy with that? Did you agree with that? Well, I knew when I heard a few names knocking around that there were two different isolated incidents because I know the two groups don't go around with each other so right. I, knew, okay. I knew there were two different groups. Do you believe so the school not- then dealt with it appropriately? To be honest with you, look at the school uniform was on him. Now, it wasn't on my child, but my child admitted to it. I suppose you have to make a mistake to learn from it, and they have to, they have to be chastised for it, especially when the school's um, reputation with the school uniform and stuff was there, and my child said he had done it. Um, I want to be taken back by it. No, I won't, won't lie about it, but I think when I heard the circumstances behind you was behind the house, that I kind of did my heart did kind of sink then a small bit and I said look it, you know I suppose one one day from school wasn't the end of the world like. yeah okay well fair play to you as a parent because people are texting here saying that it's completely over the top we don't know the circumstances of the woman and I respect that and I thought so with her because yeah. I don't know she clearly was very upset about it uh, but people were saying we all played runaway knock it was a very normal thing to do mind you others are saying 
not these days that people are anxious enough behind their doors and particularly if they're elderly, they don't want this carry on during the middle of a COVID pandemic, you know? Yeah. yeah. So did what you, do you, did you then chastise your son or did you ground him? Um, his phone was taken off him. Um, he was, you know, he wasn't allowed out. He wasn't allowed PlayStation, Switch. And he was okay about that. He said, grand, he, like he was very upset that he had done it. And I think like peer pressure had a big, had a huge part to play with my child. Especially peer pressure. Yeah. Um, so um, he just goes along with the lads, like because it's the thing. Yeah, to do to, to fit in like every other boy, you know. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. look, I think I don't think it will. My I know categorically that my child is not going to do that again. Yeah. Was um, it a TikTok challenge in the sense? Was it filmed? I tell you, no. Know, I, I I asked my child about that because first I heard about it was when I spoke to the principal and he mentioned the TikTok challenge. But I asked my child, my child said there was nothing videoed. But again, I want to emphasize the fact that there was two isolated groups here in question. So one group may have done a bit more damage than the other group, not saying which group it was, though, because I don't want to be... And the two different groups, did they they run away and knock the same house? Apparently, yes. Oh, well, you see, she was probably tormented. But they don't... Yeah, but these two groups of boys, I only speak on my behalf of my child... It's yeah. football is their be all and end all. That's all that he wants. My child didn't see outside for nearly two years. Like he wasn't outside the door, and look, he just happened to be in the wrong place at the yeah, wrong time. He regrets it. He upsets it. Yeah, and he's yeah. Upset about and it. I know that he learned. Like children have to make mistakes to learn from them. Like we have to make a mistake to, to learn from. And I just don't think that bad moping them now on the radio or like they what they did was wrong. They, they they got chastised from it through the school and hopefully through their own home base as well and like that it won't happen again going forward. But as again, I just want to emphasise back maybe it's to the isolated group. Twice say, but maybe it sends a strong message. Maybe the school are, are absolutely right to send out a strong message that, you know, no messing outside of school activities in a school uniform will be tolerated. You need to behave at all times. And that's the message that goes out from Toker Boys National School that, you know, you just got to behave you know, maybe that's not such yeah, a bad thing. You know, but it, yeah, it's antisocial behaviour is, is what they said. Like, um, so maybe again, there's maybe there's something yeah. in that. A lot of people are critical of it, suspending kids for runaway knock. But maybe if you if you clamp down on the small things, bigger things won't happen. I suppose they have the reputation of their school as well to keep. And I think, um, like, if there was children in the uniform, which I can actually say my child wasn't then that's where they're going with that. But, okay, um, okay. There was okay. other schools involved as well, you know, not mentioning no names because I'm not going to, but I'm just saying there was, there was more than talk about school that oh, was... Okay, and it was, it was suspension yeah. for one day. It's not a fortnight or till the end of the year. I no, think it's, it's no, one day. no. I think it's just a message to them. I suppose okay. they're young. Yeah, yeah. I know. When will he get his phone back and his PlayStation and his Switch? Um, Tuesday. Tuesday. So today, yeah. Today, yeah. Today. So how long did he have it taken away from all his, all his kit? A week, nearly, right, yeah, right. a week. Okay, yeah. all right, that's a fairly hefty price to pay for a young fella, isn't it? Well, if I want him to stay on the straight and narrow, I suppose right. you kind of have to do these things, don't you? Emma, thank you so much for coming on. Right. I do appreciate right. it thank from you. a parent's thank perspective. Right. Cheers. Right. Take care. Right. Lines open on that one. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone on 1850104106. I'll also be encouraging you to pick up the phone when I open the phone lines around about a 10 minutes to midday today for a 250 euro Tesco gift card. We have one to give away every single day. Every little helps at Tesco and 250 euro will go a long way.
uh, to knock a hole in the old Christmas bills. And they're celebrating the 50th anniversary of the opening of Douglas Village Shopping Centre at the moment, 50 years old. And for 50 years, they've got 50 stores in the shopping centre and Tesco are proud of their partnership. Okay, so here is your shopping list. Don't call just yet, but you will need to be able to list all of this shopping list back to me when I open the phone lines in order to win the 250 euro gift card for Tesco. And it is Barry's decaffeinated tea bags, right? That's the number one, Barry's decaffeinated tea bags. Tub of pseudo cream, box of four round trees, fruit pastille, ice lollies. Tesco ready rolled puff pastry. Cadbury's, uh, small Cadbury's selection box. Tin of Heinz tomato soup. Tesco salami dog treats and 20 drawstring bin bags. And if you get all of that right... Please take your change. Notes are dispensed below the scanner. And I will dispense €250 worth of notes in a Tesco gift card. So that's all between now and midday. Talk to Neil Printerville now. 1851-04106. Red FM. This is amazing. I keep getting texts saying, will you read the shopping list slower, please? I will. I'll read it out one more time and I promise I will read it slower. The side of midday. Uh, just a few texts and back to our phone calls. Just on dog attacks, this is from Blarney. About two or three months ago, I was wor- working from home in Blarney and I heard a man screaming outside so I ran out to see a dog that matches uh, those described on your programs recently one was locked onto the leg of a small terrier that was being walked by his owner a pit bull of the same description was also present watching on unleashed and acting aggressively aggressively so one was attacking and the other was um, just looking on acting aggressively two men ran, ran from what I think was a coffee cart at the end of the road to get the dogs and they pretended at first that they didn't know who owned them and were just helping but then a woman in a car pulled up took dog bags out of the boot and they got the dogs in the bags That's amazing and just drove off they left the man and his dog very shaken in the middle of the road without any details I managed to get the license place details uh, for the man who let me know later that the dog survived but needed stitches I'm not sure if the dog owner pursued the other dog owners but I wouldn't be surprised if it was the same dog well it was a long stretch um, going from uh, they weren't pit bulls the ones on the north side uh, and there's a long stretch between say for instance um, you know Grona Braher um, to Blarney so I don't think it would have been the same dogs but it's yet another story and then my conversation with Anne yesterday with regards to hunting now there's a difference between gun clubs and harriers but every Sunday now she says year in year out she's plagued by hunters on her land and I chatted with her about it on the air yesterday um, she said they have guns uh, she said they have dogs they uh, come onto her property and into her land and uh, around her house and her beautiful gardens and her son has special needs and he's absolutely freaked out by the dogs and all of the noise they have horns and they're quite aggressive so that was a conversation yesterday uh, I went out with the family yesterday afternoon 3pm this would have been Sunday while driving we came around a blind corner there were hunt dogs with their owners all over the road no warning it is a total road hazard we returned home around 6 o'clock in the dark came across two dogs wandering around that clearly had been left behind with no sign of the owners nearby. The hunting owners do not care about dogs. Another one, these hunters have no regard to other people's property or road safety and never had. Another one, the best thing Anne can do is get signs that say no hunting, wildlife reserve, private property. Anyone who steps foot on our land is liable to prosecution due to trespass law. If they do come on her land, video record it. Take the license plate numbers of the vehicles and pass the information on to the local guardie, says Owen. And did video um, one of the weeks gone by and she sent me a clip of it where she um, um, confronts one of the, the men involved and part of what he says as a response is, 
We've been hunting here for many, many, many years, long before you were ever here. Uh, you're worse for entertaining a woman like that. Come off it. She's afraid for her kids. They're hunting the fields and ditches. They're trained dogs. They're all well taken care of. I agree with one of your callers. The hunting club... Uh, um, but, but, but sorry, that makes no sense. I'll have to come back to it again. Sorry now, but this hunting lark is outdated and not needed in 2021. It should be banned. It's disgusting. Tell them to go away and do some clay shooting instead. There's no, there are no difference from the people having dogs tearing cats apart, says Beth. Uh, and others then suggesting you need more signs. No hunting on this property. Landowner's permission. Um, to get your gun license. That's a fact. You can ask the Gardaí. So that's the selection of texts. Now, with regards to hunting clubs or gun clubs and harriers, there's all different types. Jim Murphy is the former chairman of the Irish Foot Harriers Association. Jim, good morning. Good morning, Neil, and thank you for having me on. I know you're retired. Now, did you manage to hear Anne's conversation yesterday and the different... Uh, yes, I did. I, oh. I, I, got, I got some of it intermittently. Okay. Right, okay. right, okay. right. And... Uh, I want to challenge some of the allegations that she made. Okay. Um, now, you haven't been there or on her property, so you don't you don't know really what went on, do you? Uh, no, I haven't been there, but uh, I, I, I want to start speak first about uh, about carriers uh, going uh, uh, carrying guns, right? Yeah. I, I was chairman of the Foot Harriers from 1998 to 2011. And there were a number of conditions set down for clubs joining the association. One was no horses and two, no guns. And that prevails to this day. So I can categorically tell you that this club did not carry any guns. Okay, but what about the other 127 clubs registered? Would they have guns? If she stated that they had guns she did. and they were on her property, why didn't she report it to the Gardaí? That's what normal people would do. They can't discharge guns on the roadside or near property. Why didn't she report it if she had that evidence? Perhaps, perhaps she will at some stage if it continues. Well, now there's another facet to this as well. I spoke to three members of that club. They met her a mile away from her house and she was walking back towards the house. So it is inevitable that she was... She has seven. A mile or a mile and a half. No, but she has seven uh, acres of. She, she has seven acres. How, acre. how could she determine that the hunters were on her land when she was a mile away from her house? Because she sent me video footage of the dogs in her gardens and in her hedges and running across and barking dogs. And do you know that that was her hedges? Ah, uh, well, it looked like a back garden to me. In fairness, yeah. Well, look, Neil, I hope that you're going to give me, me a fair, a fair hearing because I was on with you before, uh, and you have a bias against hunting. So I, a lot of people contacted me from West Cork just saying they were very disappointed at how how FM has dealt with the issue. Right. So all I want is a fair hearing. You you didn't question that any lady and uh, and any of the, the the matter she raised with you yesterday. Like what? Right? What what did I leave unquestioned? When, you, when, you, when she said you had guns, some of your researchers were on her own club earlier on the week, and they also told your researchers that Harrier clubs don't take guns out when they're hunting, and you didn't accept that. And now I no, I didn't. I didn't not. I didn't not accept it. I mean, I didn't talk to any Harrier club or gun club. I spoke to Anne, and she told us. Did. Yeah, and they did. And uh, I'm just. But actually, what I did say yesterday was. Could it be that there are different groups hunting on our land that she'd have harriers, but she could also maybe at another time have gun clubs that go after pheasants and go after ducks, for instance? Maybe that's it. I, I, I can't speak for the gun, gun clubs. I can't speak. I can only speak for the harrier club concerned. 
and she stated as well that they killed a fox in They haven't killed a fox for over 25 years. Why? But is is it not what they set out to do, though, kill foxes? No. This, no. Actually, it, 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 there's this thing. We have a highly educated population, and it, there's a complete ignorance about what hunting is about. I'm hunting 66 years, and I've seen very few foxes killed, and I'm hunting 16 years with one club, and I've seen four foxes killed over 16 years. Okay. The name of the, the game is they hunt the scent of the fox. They don't hunt the fox. The fox could be three fields ahead of them. They hunt the scent of their fox. And the, and the fox has every advantage. He can cross a stream, and they're checked there. He can run up along a ditch for two or three hundred yards. The hounds have to work, work that out. The, the fox has all the advantages in the countryside. He knows every cranny and nook that's there. Right. there. So he's never in a danger, except there's an injured or, or diseased fox. He, he will be killed. But yeah. healthy foxes always escape. Always yeah. escape. But, but you asked me why I would have a bias against hunting. Let, let's say that I do have a bias against hunting. It would be because it's cruel. Well, I'm not supposed to because you, as a presenter... Okay, the, the, I accept that, I accept that. Accept. But I mean... Uh, uh, well, I try and be as impartial as I can, but it's not well, always possible. Today, anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, in the sense that if, I were to, if the fox were talking right now... Talk, the fox wouldn't be terribly impressed of being chased down by dogs like that or sick foxes um, or slower foxes. She said that there was fox, well, if, fo- if, fo- if foxes. These foxes, they take days to die out in, in the countryside. Uh, uh, yeah. and, uh, I just thought uh, it was... I just think it's by hounds, it's a very discreet day. But isn't it cruel, though, to be chasing and putting that kind of anxiety and fear into an animal? The fox gives off a scent that's attractive to hounds uh-huh. to hunt. Uh, and okay. the hounds are endowed an extraordinary uh, sense of smell. That's it. That's how it works. But and, she, but and she came across. Yesterday, to state that the hounds were, were aggressive. Nothing could be further from the truth. Hounds are very docile. If you go up around the north side of the city any day, you'll see people walking five or, five or six harriers. And at the hound shows during the summer. Kids walk the hounds around the ring inside, and they wouldn't bring hounds out to countryside if they were dangerous. Okay, what kind of hounds are they? They are harriers. Okay, they're not beagles, no? No, no, they're harriers. Okay, okay. And they are not an aggressive dog. A beagle, beagle. beagle They're not an aggressive dog. Could I say something? I was going through something here last night, and I found a photograph of a famous man, Gerlach Nan. Uh, the hurling manager yeah. and he, he was sitting down under the back of his tree and all his hounds around and some of them up in his lap and licking his face that, that's the kind of hound you're talking about they're a very social animal ok but it's frightening her son and uh, they can't enjoy a Sunday and afternoon at home nothing to be afraid of let me assure you that absolutely nothing but, but they came across the body. They, she I came across the body parts of a torn fox in the garden, eyeballs and legs. Well, whoever killed it, it wasn't the club uh, that she spoke about. They did certainly not kill the fox. Okay. Well, in fairness, then, if that club and harrier clubs don't have guns, who would be carrying the guns? Or, I don't know. Hunt that's, other hunt. That's a, that's a question uh, that I don't know. But she stated that the club were carrying the guns. And, uh, and uh, I'd like to refute that most emphatically that they were not carrying guns. Oh, that Harrier clubs don't carry guns. And I, and I, uh, believe, and no. I believe in that regard. But does it... One of, them, one of them, particularly the video she sent me, said, we've been hunting here for generations long before you ever came here. Does that allow them to trespass on private property? No. 
Okay. So yeah. how do they get around that? If the, if the fun- <laughs> All around our players place they have permission to hunt. Right? From farmers. They have permission to hunt. If they, if you, if they don't have permission to hunt on land, they don't go there. Right? But, but when they're on her land, though, Jim, what happens then? Well, in the world, a fox can go in to a garden and the hounds will pursue him. Oh, no, she has an option to fence the garden. Seven and acres. The fox and the hounds. She has seven acres of land. She doesn't want any dog chasing any fox on any of the seven acres. I suppose she's entitled to say that. Well, she's entitled to say that, absolutely. Absolutely. But if, if she wasn't if to make it fox proof and home proof, she, she can fence it in. And let me say, say this, the fox poses a bigger threat to children than anything else. I have here in front of me, a cutting from the Irish Independent, Tuesday, the 22nd of July 2002, where a 14-month-old child in Kent in London was dragged from his cot by a fox and a photograph of him with the side of his face stitched up. These are wild animals, they're not pets. Yeah, but they're in their own environment as opposed to human well, beings coming into their, their environment, environment. hunted. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you you clearly see that I I wouldn't be a particular fan of it, but it's a country pursuit, um, and and uh, she's in the countryside. And, and, and you're and saying that. There, there are 280,000 people in, involved in field sports in this country between hunting, shooting and coursing. And uh, uh, hunts are highly affected in, in most of the country areas where they they go and have, have permission to hunt. Yeah, but not from her. No, no. Well, that's fine. We accept that. And every what if somebody? What if somebody were injured from a, a harrier club on her land? Uh, who's responsible then? What do you mean if somebody is injured from a harrier club? If they break their leg or fall off uh, one of her walls or something? Yeah, are you talking about one of, one of the hunters? Yeah. Yeah, they're fully, fully, fully insured. The farmer and the landowner is fully, fully indemnified under our insurance policy. Okay, okay. And the Occupiers Liability Act 1966 ex- exonerated the farmer far from all claims. So if, it, if there were guns of a Sunday afternoon, it's not um, any uh, club that's associated with the Irish Foot Harriers Association? Absolutely. Because you you never you never have never guns. never never do that. Okay, but do do make noise though a lot of noise with horns. Uh, they do. Uh, what we call it is the voice of the, the hounds. When one of the hounds finds finds the fox and he speaks, or the, the, the hounds come over to him and and they join in the music as we call it. That's what we go out for to hear the music of the hounds. And to watching work and descent of the hound. Okay. The yeah. I'm starting to get texts saying that people said, I can't believe this gentleman is trying to promote hunting. It's backward, it's cruel, it's a d- disgusting pastime, and there is no, no, no excuse for it. Most of these people have never seen a hunt. And, and, and how, how they can make an informed decision about hunting without ever having seen it beggars belief. Well, I suppose they can see it through the eyes of a fox, maybe, or, um, you know, a rabbit, or maybe a duck or a pheasant. Farmers in the countryside treat the fox as a pest, and they're snared and poisoned in other parts of the country, which is crude to take days okay. to die. Okay. Hunting, uh, it's a clean death, the fox is killed straight away. Okay, and no okay. no guns, no guns, and no in, guns. And in 25 years, uh, you couldn't count the amount of foxes killed on one hand, you're saying? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It, it, that is n- not the object of the exercise at all. It's the object of the chase, watching the hounds hunting. And, and if you were out for a day's hunting, and indeed you're welcome to come out any time, if you stand up inside the hill, you will see the fox three feet ahead of the hounds, sit down, 
listen, when uh, he hears the hounds coming in, he's gone. There's no, there's no terror in the fox. Absolutely. Ah, there has to be terror. For God's sake, man, the, ter- the fox must be scared to death. Okay, he's not. The fox hunts, is hunted in the same way that he hunts himself. The fox hunts hares at night and kills them and tears them okay. apart. All right, okay. And uh, or have, uh, have a lot of problems with foxes killing lambs and even taking calves. And I think farmers bring in gun, gun clubs, don't they, to... Sorry? I think farmers actually bring in gun club members, don't they, to shoot foxes? Well, they do, but in, in our case, in the gun clubs are... Or, f- or crows, not, I think. And not in our case, cases that they get teed shot at the fox, uh, and it's wounded for, for days. So the first hound catches the fox, it's killed in the story. There's only two types of foxes, live ones and dead ones. There's no injured. Okay, well, I'll give Anne an opportunity to come back and maybe rebut your conversation with me. Feel free to feel free to hold on if you wish, but I just want to get Una's thoughts on this. Una, good morning. Can I, can I just say one thing to you before you leave there, please? Yeah. Well, I'm not leaving. I just want to hear what Una has to say, but go ahead, yeah, Jim. Okay, there are a lot of people who have moved into the countryside, into the rural island from town uh, and, and from uh, across Channel, right? Right. And... Um, they're most welcome into the countryside. They're objecting to farm, farmers spreading slurry, to, to smells, cattle crossing roads, people hunting. If you live in the countryside, you must accept all of this. There are two types of people now that live in rural Ireland. Real country people who understand farming and the rural way of life and nature. Yeah. And those who have no, no, no real concept of what goes on. Ah, well, like, for God's sake, if somebody moves to an, a rural area from an urban area and complains about cows crossing roads or slurry, they need to leg it out of the country. You're right there. I mean, I think, but people are allowed to have an opinion as to whether or not gun clubs should go out shooting foxes or harriers should chase down foxes. I mean, they're two different things. But these are just opinions. There are 288,000 people involved in field sports okay. in Ireland. Okay, okay, okay. Hold, right. hold, hold on there if you I, wish. Okay. Hold on if you wish. Una, good morning. Hi. Go ahead. What's on your mind? No, no. I just uh, had sent in a text yesterday on that subject of the the hunting and you know the cruelty of that kind of sport. And uh, we've had that through history with different so-called um, sports. I mean, there was a time when we used to throw humans to the lions, you know. Mm. But we grew out of that, you know. As I said in my text, it's called evolution, you know. Mm. And um, you know, it's the same with bullfighting, all this type of thing. It's it's time for, for us to move on. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you know, hunting through the fields, uh, it's a bit of a throwback to the West Brit arrogance uh, that existed in Ireland where they could go tramping through people's land and, you know, up on their high horses. And, you know, it's not chasing the fox and it's natural, or, you know, it's not natural to chase the fox a load of human beings up on horses with no they're not well these lads aren't on horses you're talking about they're a, harriers yeah, yeah, yeah. the harriers no, but the, yeah. the, the people that are tramping over this woman's land and other people's lands and I'm referring to I mean that man made some good points there but no I just think it's a bit of a you know the people that started the sport uh, over across the channel there that's uh, they've, they've banned it over there you know we're still holding on we can't let go of it mm. They even come over here to hunt now, you know. They can't hunt over in England anymore. Yeah, but that's, yeah, that's more to do with hunting on horses, though, isn't 
they come well, over yeah, to different Well, yeah, that's what I'm kind of referring I'm, to. I know, imagine I that mean, harriers and gun clubs have been here for a long, 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 long time. Many, many hundreds of years. I suppose harriers on foot with dogs for probably thousands of years here. Well, it's a, it's a little bit more of a level playing field when you have harriers, you know, whereas if you've got packs of horses and packs of bloodthirsty hounds and tramping through people's land is, is what I'm talking about, you yeah. know, it's not yeah. a very level playing But do you believe it to be cruel to the animal that's being pursued? Eh, I do, yeah, you know, I mean, it's 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 terrifying for them, of course, you know, and uh, it's it's also terrifying for people, you know, children especially, to, to have to watch this, you know, these bloodthirsty hounds hurling past them and these guys on their horses and girls tramping through their, their yeah. that, that woman and her children, you know. I okay. mean, you can't okay. Well, they are them. disputing do- uh, guns and in fairness to them, it, they could have been confused with a gun club. Um, somebody else here says the man is talking total sense uh, regarding fox hunting. Would people feel the same if they were hunting rats? Foxes are vermin. Uh, what about the poor lambs killed by the fox? Yeah, well, I mean, you you have to look at the food chain as well. And I mean, you know, horses uh, weren't bred to be chasing foxes. You know, it's humans want the want the um, the, the to have the lust for the for the hunt, not the horses and the dogs. You know, they weren't uh, bred to be in packs like that. Beagles. That's not their natural okay. thing, you know. Okay. Okay. They're going out in in packs, hunting like that. It's it's humans are behind this. And that's what I'm pointing out, like that it's time for us to evolve a little bit in this country when it comes to that cruel sport. And okay. that's all I have to say all on right, the matter. Thank you for that. Jim, are you still there? Okay. I, I am, yes. Okay, yeah. time for us to to evolve like we have done with other, well, what she calls, well, cruel sports. That lady, to, uh, I, I, I want to take her up on one point she made. And she said that hunting is banned in England. Hunting... Traditional hunting is banned in England, England but they're still, still allowed to take out a number of hounds to hunt. But the difference now is that every, every fox that comes out of the cover must be shot. And there are more foxes killed now in England than ever before, and, and there are some areas where there are no foxes. And okay. Tony Blair, at the time, at time commissioned several, several reports on hunting. And there was one report on the Burns report in favour of hunting with hounds. And it was the, the natural way to maintain... Yeah, the, yeah, but, uh, the, the, I know, but that could be to do with most of the house lords were hound hunters on horses, yes, but, maybe. But, 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 but the urban-based uh, labour ignored ignore the reports of the Burns report. But it isn't, it's more to do with evolving away from cruelty to animals, that's what she's saying. Well, it is not. It has a lot to do with people riding horseback wearing red coats. Yeah, okay. Uh, it, okay. It's, uh, what would happen then, it, finally, because it's, it's a text... It's class warfare. Oh. Is this really? It's, it uh, is. That's yeah. what it is. And, and indeed, Anyone that's against cruelty to animals is, is class warfare. Well, 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 no, I'm saying, uh, uh, speaking about the people going out riding on horseback. Horses with red jackets. Well, that was written in the pa- paper okay. uh, by an individual from uh, Kilkenny about uh, uh, coercing people. He says they were mainly farmers who were bog fascists. So this is, it's against people they are. Um, Susan says I live in the countryside all my life over 50 years and I strongly object to any type of hunting it's not just the people who are moving to the countryside from urban areas she said and somebody else suggests that Anne is equally entitled to get her own shotgun license and shoot the dogs is she? She's not No? No Okay Okay. Absolutely not 
except that they're uh, running livestock or, gotcha. or, or lambs, or, then she can shoot them. Otherwise, no. Because worrying her. People have guns taken off of them, uh, uh, trying to shoot hounds. Anyway, guns aren't your thing. You don't have guns. You don't possess Absolutely them. Absolutely no guns. Okay. All right. Thank you for and that. Thank you for that. Jim okay. Murphy, uh, former chairman of the Irish Foot Harriers Association, retired 13 years but still hunts. And uh, thank you for that. Text to 868104106. Back after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 1850 Here's my shopping list for you. 250 euro Tesco gift card. I was told to read it slower. Barry's decaffeinated tea bags. Tub of pseudocream. Box of four round trees, fruit pastilles, ice lollies. Tesco ready rolled puff pastry. Small Cadbury selection box. Tin of Heinz tomato soup. Tesco salami dog treats. 20 drawstring, drawstring bin bags. So a lot of words involved in that. So that's the shopping list. You need to be able to relate that to me. Lines are open. one 104 106 We'll take caller 10. And every caller thereafter until somebody gets the shopping list absolutely correctly uh, identified, preferably in order, uh, €250 Euro Tesco gift card. So go for that. Now, from lottery draws to another type of draw, your opportunity to do something really lovely this side of Christmas for people elderly people primarily in residential home care. Now, I recall this from last year and remember talking about this because during lockdown in care homes it was a wonderful thing to get care packs into the nursing homes telling people that were in there uh, that they were being thought about by the people in general right around the country. So I thought it was a fantastic idea. Uh, and this year, of course, much of the same applies, I have to say. Geraldine Monaghan is behind carepack.ie wants to get the shout out out there. So Geraldine, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? Fantastic. It's brilliant what you guys do. How can people be involved? What is involved in it? So basically, there's two sides to it. Um, There's the side where we ask um, residential care homes and nursing homes to sign up to the initiative. And there's the side where volunteers can sign up and can actually send a gift to somebody in a nursing home or a care home. Okay, so hopefully the care homes are signing up and we can encourage them to do so. If members of the public wanted to send a care pack, how do they do it and what is in it? So basically they just go to carepack.ie, it's um, our website. On the very first page there, there's a red button that says sign up for a resident today. And basically, you go in there then and you just follow the instructions and you can pick by county. And um, once you follow the instructions, then your resident um, that you will be writing to will be emailed to you their details. And then you can just put a little pack together yourself. We have a load of ideas on carepack.ie. Typically, what Um, would that be, I wonder? I mean, it has to be under 2 kg of weight from post to send it. But what would be in it typically? So basically something like maybe a book or a magazine, um, you know, maybe some sweets or some arts and crafts stuff or Sudoku. We have a whole list of different ideas um, on our website. Um, just something small, basically. Toiletries are always a big hit as well. Um, and it's just kind of a lot of nursing homes um, really are the ones who, who are driving it this year because yeah. they had such a good experience last year. Yes, I recall and it. And would you send a little Christmas card then with the message in it? Absolutely. We, we, enc- we would encourage people to send a Christmas card with your address if you want 
Um, and But we do say, you know, sometimes a lot of residents aren't able to respond. But in the event that they are, it's nice to have that there that they could respond if they want to. I think it's fantastic. It's for all ages, but wouldn't it be really lovely to get a care pack from a child or a young person, wouldn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, the uptake has been huge. Like last year, we matched 13,000 residents across the country and... Today we're set to already hit 15,000 residents um, across the country who will be receiving a care pack and it's from all age groups. There's a lot of schools getting involved and a lot of families. I love it. Are Are you telling the schools about it as well, I wonder? Yeah, we're, we're trying to get as much uh, word out there to everybody as much as we can. But it would be so like, lovely. Um, there's just two of us, myself and Stephen Griffin, who are running it. And, um, you know, so trying to get the word out there. This year we've got a few volunteers for each county on board to try to ring around the nursing homes, get them on board, and also to just tell a few schools and stuff like that in okay. the county okay, well, about le- it. Yeah, well, here, here on Leaside, we'll do our thing and we'll push it for you for the next couple of weeks. We'll share all of the contacts and the instructions on our social media platforms. But the place to start is www.carepack.ie. It'll be a great thing to do in schools, in a classroom, at home, get your kids involved, put smiles on faces of people in, in, in care homes right across the country Absolutely. but of course here in Cork of course as well Yeah. The, the final date for the nursing homes and care homes to sign up though is this Friday Friday so we're trying to get as many nursing homes on board before this Friday and then after that we will really concentrate on, on getting the volunteers and is there a port sure of call yeah, and is there a port of call as well carepack.ie the nursing homes yeah Good yes, stuff. Ah, it's very straightforward. On the yeah. first page for them. Very it straightforward. Is, yeah, it's very straightforward. It's free to them. Um, on post, they're also offering free post into the care homes up to right. 2kg. I so everything is aligned. It's a win-win. Listen, we'll stay in touch and we'll drive it on for the next couple of weeks. But for care homes, they need to get on board by Friday. Geraldine, we'll chat again soon. Thanks so much for that. Take care of yourself Thanks for now. Talk to Get involved, guys. And on post, we'll pick up the cost of postage. Carepack.ie. Very simple, very straight, straightforward. Get involved. I did promise a Garth Brooks song before we quit this morning, and I deliver on my promises where at all possible. We weighed up all of the different requests, and God knows we got six or seven different songs, but you need to pick the one perhaps that comes out the most, and I'm happy, actually, because it's a punchy number. <laughs> Don't you love the fiddle work on that? There's that and lots more besides two nights, two gigs, I should say, next year. Good luck with the tickets on Thursday. Garrett Brooks. Final bit of business. They all love the country music down in Middleton. Kira, good morning. Hi, Neil. How are you? Hope you like that. <laughs> it was great. Thanks. Okay, 250. Or I have no time for chats or small talk, so let's just get stuck into this, all right? The shopping Perfect. list in the, correct, in the correct order. Yeah, Barry's hey, oh, wait, wait, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Get myself together. Okay, off you go. Barry's decaf tea bags, a tub of pseudocreme, four round tree pastille ice lollies, Tesco ready roll puff pastry, the tin of Heinz tomato soup, the Tesco salami um, dog treats, 
small Cadbury selection box and 20 drawstring bin bags. Aren't you an absolute dinger? Please take your change. Notes are dispensed below the scanner. 250 oh, notes. Oh, brilliant. Thanks so much, Neil. All your own work, I assume, yeah? Oh, the only one here, so all up to me, writing furiously. Well done, Kira Agnew in Middleton, the 250 euro <laughs> gift card for Tesco. Congratulations. And thank you for listening. Have a good day. Thank you. Cheers. Take care. Meanwhile, another opportunity to scoop 200 euro cash courtesy of ourselves in Gronabraha Credit Union. Do you know your north side? Let me find out. Here is your clue to somewhere on the north side, north of the river. Okay, here's the clue. Lance Armstrong didn't fancy getting cozy up in this location. Where is it? Lance Armstrong didn't fancy getting cozy up in this location. Where is it? He's the cyclist, lads, on his rower. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.